0: Hello everybody and welcome once again to Double 007 as we welcome all our old buddies for another episode commentary. This time we are moving in... To the 1980s, and we are ready to sit down and take you through Mr. Pricklepants himself and his debut appearance as James <laughs> Bond, The Living Daylights, the 1987 film that stars everybody's favourite James Bond, except for Colin Hilding, that of course is Mr. Timothy Dalton. Uh, very excited for this one; it should be interesting. And my name is Ben, and hopefully we commentate the Living Daylights
1: out of this episode. And my name's Colin, and I was hoping Ben would say, duty has no sweethearts, so I could tell him he's full of it. (laughs) Well, we can just edit that out and just go back again.
0: No one needs to know. Um, But clearly we didn't because we're still talking about this point right now. But, um... It's interesting. This is our fourth commentary and our fourth different James Bond, and people might think, oh, you've rigged that. We honestly haven't. This is how the cookie is crumbled. So we're assuming that number five will either be a Moore or a Lazenby film, or a Barry Nelson film, um, perhaps. Uh, We'll see how that goes. But uh, yes, if you're tuning into a commentary for the very first time, welcome. Uh, This is quite simple. You do possibly need a copy of 1987's The Living Daylights to fully understand what we will be talking about throughout this episode, you can get that, of course, on Blu-ray, on DVD, on VHS, on Betamax probably, LaserDisc, or you can just illegally download it. And put it on a tablet, and hopefully. What
1: about real to real? We don't have any of those. <laughs> real to
0: real, um, you could just hire all the actors to act it out on stage for you, uh, perhaps. Like, yeah. just however you want to watch it. It's up to you, but you might need to watch it in order to understand what we're talking about. And in a few moments, we will count down from three, two, one, and instead of saying "go," what will our go-to phrase be today, Colin? Uh, three, two, one, jugs. <laughs> three, two, one, jugs. And you can take that as uh, anything you like in terms of this movie, perhaps. But I like jugs, yes. And the easiest way to do it is to cue it up. (laughs) I just uttered the phrase, I like jugs. Um, The (laughs) easiest way to do it is cue it up just before the MGM line comes on and roars at you. So, uh, Colin, I'm guessing that's where you've got
1: yours ready to go. Yeah, right now my lion looks like he's caught in (laughs) mid-sneeze. The the roar hasn't come yet. Okay, then. So, everybody, if you've got your uh, Mr.
0: Pricklepants film at the lion, we (laughs) are being prepared to get into this. Three, two, one. Jugs. Well, it's very uh, popular in the 80s, that lion was. He was... um, in the stock market, um, involving cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Big, big Michael Jackson fan. That's everybody was in the eighties. I heard,
1: I heard that the Wolf of Wall Street was really based on him.
0: Yeah. It was going to be called the Lion of Wall Street, but yeah. Oh, here he is. Colin. look at him, look at him shooting that gun ready for you to get excited. Now, if you've never listened to 007 before, Colin hates Timothy Dalton. So we'll just put that out there.
1: I I I don't even know if I could say he's grown on me. I've <laughs> I've lost my distaste for Dalton, and now I'm just indifferent. Where I don't think you should ever be indifferent to a bond, but I am.
0: <laughs> again, it's the smiling. It's just wrong. Again, as we were talking about off air, the fact that he goes on to play a character called Mister Pricklepants. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
1: The the thing that's funny to me is that um, like Timothy Dalton I've said is so bad at the the comedy stuff, and I'm not just sitting here bashing Dalton. There's things he does really well. But if you were to rank the bonds based on how they can deliver one liners, how they can play comedy, I think Dalton's got to be last. But yet the things I've seen him in where I've enjoyed him have been comedies. Like I don't know if you ever saw the movie Hot Fuzz. No, he, I he stole that movie. Oh, he's so funny in it.
0: I do love Bond on the scene here in in a plane, and M's desk. I think we remember we talked about that, didn't we, in an episode? Like, why the hell has he got a desk on this plane? Yeah. He's
1: <laughs> got a really good paperweight on that.
0: I know Noah and I were big fans of this opening. I can't exactly remember if you were high on this opening or not, but I think this is a great opening to a Bond film.
1: Mm, I think it's an okay opening. I think coming off of what we saw with all the Moore movies, the Moore movies really stepped up the pre-title scenes. And I think this one's okay. I, I, I think we've seen like car chases and truck chases before. The location is good though.
0: Now I was reading uh, the trivia and I think we, again, we discussed this in our episode about how this opening scene, they actually cast um, two actors as 004 and 002 to resemble George Lazenby and Roger Moore. Um, Cause the writers wanted people to be, uh, confused as to which one of these people was actually James Bond.
1: Well, that's more, I'm guessing. Oh,
0: I thought that was Lazenby.
1: <laughs> as if people at this point hadn't seen Timothy Dalton all over the place on the posters and the trailers. <laughs> like You walk into a movie theater and the poster is right there before you sit in your seat. Well, they could have been. It could be the biggest tease in movie history.
0: It could have just been like, surprise, he's Connery.
1: Yeah, what if Dalton was actually playing 004 yep. and this Lazenby wannabe <laughs> here was the star?
0: And also the fact that Roger Moore had um like gotten younger by about 50 years in that uh, what we just saw a few seconds ago.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine if everybody went to this movie and suddenly Roger Moore just shows up and delivers a cheesy one line with his wrinkled face sagging all over the place? He was a booing and throwing popcorn at the screen. No! <laughs> and Roger- it is interesting how... I think every Bond's reputation does improve over time, though, because, I mean, there was a time where Dalton wasn't that popular. That's the reason that, you know, these movies stopped being made for a while. And now there's this resurgence of Dalton popularity. We're seeing with Moore, there's a lot of new Moore fans coming out now. Still waiting for the Lazenby push. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. I still remember, uh, like, years ago when I started really getting into Bond going to. A website, I was just looking up like Bond polls, trying to find out, well, what is popular and going to this website where they had had, you know, well, who's your favorite James Bond? What's your favorite Bond movie? Who's the most handsome James Bond? Uh, Who's the best Bond girl? And it must have been an Australian website or something (laughs) because Lazenby was number one in all of these.
0: (laughs) Or are you just on the George Lazenby fan forum, perhaps?
1: (laughs) It, It could have actually just been, you know, you, you the early days where you could choose to hide or to publish how many people have voted there were probably only six people who voted in the poll at that point <laughs> but i was convinced for a while i'm like wow people must really like this lazenby i don't get it but they must love him it's interesting
0: um because i remember when i first started really getting into james bond and um you know dad sort of told me oh there was an australian james bond and i was like oh there was not don't be silly and then, um, I mean... You're a liar, Dad. You're a liar. If he was Bond, there would be, he'd be Prime Minister. Um, but, yeah, I think that was... I've I mentioned before that was probably the first old, quote, old James Bond film I ever saw because Dad deliberately got that out from the video shop and was like, here we go. He's an Australian. Um, but, you know, it's kind of... We've talked a lot about on this show about how our dear countries don't really get represented in the James Bond universe. Canada's always snubbed and always just have flags in the background or is playing chess and for australia it's just we had a bond but i guess it's kind of cool to say that the only non-british or irish bond is an australian bond which i guess we're still owned by the british but whatever
1: yeah they own you yeah (laughs) (laughs) still got their flag on our flag (laughs) i know i mentioned in the living daylights episode maybe in some others prior to that that when I first started watching the Bond movies, it it really was the Terrence Young movies. They were showing a marathon. It went on for a week, and I used to do it quite often, um, where they would have, like, they call it seven days of 007. And the first day I watched Dr. No, Goldfinger, and Thunderball, and then the next day they had, on I think it was Moonraker, View to a Kill, and then this. And I liked Moonraker. I liked View to a Kill at the time, and I watched this, and I think I was with the movie here but it was the second i saw him drop in the boat i was just like what am i watching here
0: (laughs) license to kill out of the daltons i saw license to kill before i ever saw this and i think pretty sure living daylights was one of the very last bond films i ever saw for some reason like i really enjoyed license Kill. i've always liked license to kill and i like dalton but i just i don't know why for some reason i just took me a long time to see this i think it was like this and octopussy which were the ones that just were the last ones that i ever saw and I would always almost forget that this was a James Bond movie, similar to, like, I'd always forget Octopussy was there somewhere as well. Like, I always assumed the 80s was um, a view to a kill for your eyes only in the living daylights. There were no other two movies in there somewhere, but, yeah.
1: Wait, there was a movie called Octopussy, and you somehow <laughs> would forget it was a Bond movie? Did <laughs> you, like, a teenage boy at the time? Yeah,
0: well, you know, I was mature, not. I do love this. I know you didn't like this. You just said you didn't no. like it. <laughs> his intro of Bond, like Noah and I talked, because I think this made the Hall of Fame, didn't it? We argued for this to make the Hall of Fame. I,
1: yeah, I did vote for that one. Look at the this sexy Bond. I phone. need a real man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, even just his delivery of Bond, James Bond. It's like he rushes it. Bond, James Bond.
0: I just think it's so, like, yes, this did make the, uh,
1: that smile
0: the the um the hall of fame and here's your favorite song too
1: <laughs> and you know i, I criticize this and this is evidence that i'm not just hating on everything dalton because <laughs> i criticized the song i criticized dalton but in the last episode i remember saying that i was surprised the most recent rewatch i did where i really loved these opening credits despite the fact they are as 80s and as cheesy as anything we saw in the whole decade for bond
0: I I love this song. I, I, I'm i just trying to find out. I know I put this very high on our rank. I mean, we don't talk about the song rankings because you just thought I was drunk. Um, but uh, number nine, I thought I'd put it higher than that. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just... This song, there's just something about it. Like, it just, to me, it's a great follow-up to A View to a Kill. Not as good as A View to a Kill, but it's just fits the time perfectly. And aha, uh-huh, like, who doesn't love a good Norwegian band? Like, everybody loves Norway um but yes okay they might be speaking gibberish right now but i love it I, where did i, I rank love this, this song uh you ranked it going right down to the bottom here uh 18th <laughs> um you put another okay, way oh, to well, die that's...
1: ahead of it oh god that's the travesty yeah i'll agree with it like okay it's the chorus <laughs> like this is the worst chorus i have ever heard in any bond theme ever including never say never again even worse than die another day no, I'm
0: sorry for what I just said. <laughs> See, you're just overcompensating there. The worst I've ever heard, not including die of the day.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's just such a bad... Uh, oh, living daylight. <laughs> well, of
0: course, uh, if you had been listening to the beginning of this episode, which, of course, you did, because that's how you generally start listening to an episode, we c- could have had, uh, if there was a man by the pretenders right now instead.
1: Yeah, well, maybe we did, maybe we didn't. <laughs> You'll have to rewind and listen to it, and lose <laughs> sync with the movie. Now there's like wh- seriously like these credits—they're just hilarious. But it's not bad, cheesy like you know for your eyes only or octopusy. There, there's just something about these credits that
0: are that are great. I love the fact that we got the logo. I think we went over that, didn't we? The first yeah. time a band's logo has uh, <laughs> yeah. been used. I mean, The Pretenders like obviously they've got two songs on the soundtrack, but I mean they were a big band in the '80s. They would have. I mean, so aha, obviously, but. Um, I think they went for more of the youth vote, didn't they, with AHA, whereas The Pretenders might have been more of a mature sound, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, AHA, you said they're a huge band. Do they have more than one song other than this? Take there's On take Me. Take On Me. There's <laughs> The Living Daylights, and then... Um, well, that's
0: one more song than... Um, uh... Don't say Sheena Easton.
1: Sheena Easton, there we go. Now, Brad... I am missing Sheena Easton. I'm going to say I... I I had to choose between going to a Maple Leafs game next month, they're here in Winnipeg playing, and going to see Sheena Easton performing a Bond concert. I could have been listening to Sheena Easton singing The Laving Daylights right now, and instead I'm sitting here talking about it with you. So
0: that's on tonight, is it? Yeah, it is tonight. Oh, so you're going to the Maple Leafs instead.
1: I had to make the choice. I think I chose the well, right one. If
0: you one. wanted to choose, like, two between two things that suck, wouldn't you want to at least choose the one that actually would perform entertainment <laughs> and do well at the end of the night? And that would be Sheena Easton.
1: Considering the things you said about Sheena Easton on this podcast, <laughs> the am surprised I think.
0: But if the, the things I say about her are true, at least you get lucky at the end of the night, too. I mean, the Maple Leafs, I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Been letting you down since the 60s. <laughs>
1: We'll just leave it up to everybody's uh, uh, own imagination <laughs> that the first thing we edited in Double 7 history is Ben's <laughs> closing statement. Oh, she <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to classical music. <laughs> oh, and I love his little tattletale counterpart here. What's his name? Oh, I was just thinking that. He's a little bitch, isn't he? Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to tell M on you. <laughs> oh, what's his name? I will say, I liked, like, when I saw this sequence again i just i, I think the saunders. movie was drastic it was what's his name saunders
0: sorry to interrupt you
1: saunders yeah, yeah. that's right I, I thought this was like drastic compared to a view to a killing moonraker the movies i'd watched earlier in the day but when i read the living daylight short story i appreciated this whole sequence a lot more because it's very close to what the living. this basically is the living daylight short story this opera sequence and the, the sniper stuff
0: I do like the fact, like, I mean, I love Dalton. I think he's great, and we've gone over all that. But um, I do love the fact that, basically, this whole part right now, again, is just him thinking with his dick. I mean, that's just James Bond, I think, um, basically always. He's got to protect the girl. But, I mean, how different would this have been if he would just, like, this was over and done with right at the beginning? Ah, fuck the girl. Not, not, not like he yeah, usually exactly. does. Yeah, exactly. But, um, just like, you know, how different would the James Bond universe be if he didn't think with his dick?
1: Uh, I don't know, it would be Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to remember himself. guy kind of traveling around alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we quite would have had 24
0: films if um, James Bond no. was celibate. <laughs> I have to wait till okay, so I get married. This his 1st
1: know-it-all moment. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody this is, is very brooding of Dalton here. And I think when I was younger, when I was a teenager watching this, this is what bothered me about Dalton, the brooding stuff. Now, this is, I think, the stuff he does well. It's the traditional Bond things, the smiling, the flirting later on. that's just awkward. (laughs) Well, again, as I've
0: constantly said about Dalton, you know, I think that everybody loves Craig now for what he's brought to it, and I still say Dalton did it first, Dalton did it better.
1: What, not smiling, not telling jokes?
0: (laughs) Never seen Craig on a Ferris wheel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With good reason.
0: (gasps) I'd rather cut my wrist than go on a Ferris wheel. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get to the fair sequence. <laughs> I can't wait to. We've got nothing to declare. A line uh, of a
0: sequence that you talked down, Colin Hilding. What did he just say about Strawberry Jam here?
1: <laughs> what was that line?
0: Uh, rewind, everybody rewind. <laughs> oh, I do like on good old IMDb uh, goofs uh, that according to to imdb uh that he we- should not be wearing the night vision goggles right now it says here there is no reason for saunders to use the night vision goggles the outdoor area is extremely well lit even for night time uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it wasn't that bright i don't think you could play a game of uh you know soccer out there and broadcast it on tv there's a I mean, very you're weird a sniper.
1: you want to make sure you have the best view right
0: well exactly that urinal had like a wall around it.
1: <laughs> they have a window that needs to be opened. There's always in the one in the stall. There's
0: always one in a bathroom, isn't there?
1: There's not. There's not a lot of good fiber in German diets. <laughs> That's the reason.
0: Now I wonder. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Euro Trip, but um, obviously, if you no. ever have seen that, they travel to Bratislava and. Uh, It's not exactly portrayed as nice looking as this, it's kind of portrayed as a pretty backwards shithole, um, where one American dollar can buy you basically a mansion, but um, I wonder if the residents of Bratislava are more proud of their city in this movie than in Eurotrip.
1: Well, probably, (laughs) um, except for the fact that this was during the Cold War, I don't think they saw the movie, (laughs) maybe after the fact.
0: Good point, good point.
1: This is, I'm going to call this, I don't know, plot hole, or I'm just going to say it backs up your idea of Vaughn thinking of a penis. <laughs> His excuse is that that girl didn't know one end of the rifle from the other. Then why didn't he let her take the shot? Exactly. <laughs> she was going to miss.
0: She once was a stormtrooper. <laughs> Look at him, he's just perving on her. He's just like, oh, she's hot. Yeah. I'm going to bone her. <laughs>
1: And it's not at all suspicious to have this massive sniper... That's not even a sniper rifle, that's a bazooka. What is that thing?
0: <laughs> the 80s. Everything's bigger is better.
1: <laughs> everything was... It had to be bigger than the cell phones. <laughs> You're not a real man unless your gun's bigger than your cell phone.
0: It was a very um, insecure decade, the 80s, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> look <Yeah. laughs> how big my cell phone is. My boombox. My everything is so <laughs> big. Nowadays, it's like smaller is better. Look how small my boom box. cell phone is. <laughs>
1: Don't you mean Ghetto Blaster?
0: <laughs> Something we're making for the Americans. Oh, this movie's got everything.
1: Did you ever watch? Um, I, I had seen this after the fact, but you've seen the Harrison Ford movie, The Fugitive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I love The Fugitive. Yeah. This guy here, the guy who plays Koskov, he's he's uh, the, the one. The uh, villain, the, I guess. yeah the. The, yeah, you're right, yes The guy behind the one arm man, yeah
0: I, Actually, I think when we watched this last I did look him up Because I'm like, he's so familiar What's he from? Or, I, or mm. the future was on TV or something Not long after it's ended Because it, I'm like, hey, it's Thingo <laughs> <laughs> That's how I always remember but my it is, characters
1: <laughs> It is weird Oh, here comes our favourite character <laughs> Rosika.
0: <laughs> no, I would like to apologize to Rosika and any feminine person who I said look like a man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she does have massive tits.
1: I know. Other than Roger Moore in a view to a kill, those have got to be the biggest ones <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, or Gerard Depardieu in that photo
0: we saw in the last commentary. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do love how, like...
1: What is me? What is this? Oh. <laughs> Exaggerated accent. <laughs> this is the one moment in this movie where Dalton gets a good laugh, and I think it's more to do with the editing, the quick editing here than Dalton's delivery, where he says, well, it's coming up here. People are listening. I don't know if they're listening to this or us, but when... Oh, of course they're listening Like You'll us. be the first. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Many times have you done this? <laughs> <laughs> it's more history. Oh, <laughs> close! Enough.
0: Now, which uh, which Bond movie did it better with a fast-moving pipeline? Uh, the world is not enough. The living daylight. Where's Denise Richards in this scene?
1: Yeah, they needed somebody to steer this. I mean, it's amazing. This thing takes corners like nothing I've ever seen before.
0: And yet, you don't need Denise Richards on it. So there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh. Let's just see the guy who plays coscoff we we'll make a better Christmas Jones <laughs> <industry>. <laughs> James
0: <laughs> Now seriously if I'm sitting in a room and she comes in and starts doing that towards me, um <laughs> Long pause. Sorry, I was distracted. Uh... <laughs> I just love the fact that all she does is just like grab his head and put it in her boobs. Like, what is yeah. it, Czechoslovakian men in 1987? Like, do they just never see boobs? Is that what the Cold War his was eyes like? Are you must never see. Too. I
1: mean, yeah, he's not even looking at. it. <laughs> well, this is he's not a
0: virgin anymore. Uh. <laughs> that just sums up feminism right there, people.
1: Uh. <laughs> It is strange. I think they're struggling with a balance here. At times, they went too far with making Bond serious. And then at other times, it's funny to me, I I said during the whole Living Daylights episode that I get more frustrated with people's perception that the Living Daylights was this great serious movie. We just watched a woman shove a man's face (laughs) in her cleavage as a distraction. And this is the serious Bond
0: You're not wrong about it taking corners. I mean, that was a 90-degree angled turn. How the yeah. hell did that get around <laughs> there? <laughs> That's incredible. Then how fast was oh, he traveling is- and he could just get out and walk up the like, steepest stairs in the world?
1: Yeah, I don't think his legs to be a little bit wobbly, maybe. <laughs> now, is there a worse... Well, I think that there are worse one-liners just in that they're tacky. Like the, I feel a uh, little bit of a stiffness coming on from Modern Majesty's Secret Service, maybe the, the worst. But as far as one-liners that, that they probably intended to really, really deliver, that just they're completely cheesy and flat, this Living Daylights line, is there any worse than this?
0: Um, as much as I can defend and like Die Another Day, there's some way that always annoys me the way he says that in that movie. I know it's like a little which, bit better uh, in terms of the context. Um,
1: Yet I love the the Die Another Day line delivery. You live to die another day. I always love that
0: one. Yeah, I don't know. There's something in the movie which I defend the most shit things. That's one thing that I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know about that.
1: Um. Yeah. Well, hold on. Hold on. I think we could both agree the what of you. Oh, yes. To a, kill. <laughs> a little bit worse. <laughs>
0: I just I just really wish though that like they were kept consistent in the Bond movies that somehow they just managed to like you know, like Yes, it's a quantum of solace.
1: Uh, <laughs> what like... if they had to explain every title? <laughs> yes. That's why they they did try that. That was that was a throwback in Skyfall. That's why it's just a question and then silence, because like Skyfall. <laughs> uh what about it? Two credits. <laughs> Oh, just, oh, here's Mr. Tattlefield. I'm so, ex-
0: so excited for this line. Oh, shut up, Saunders.
1: <laughs> Stuff my orders. <laughs> like, again, she's not a professional. She didn't know one into the rifle from the other, so he figured, I'll shoot her in the gun as opposed to just letting her walk away.
0: <laughs> oh, what a line. What a line. That should have won him an Oscar.
1: Yeah, the little daylight of her.
0: Oh, here's your favourite cue scene of all time. The Barry Manilow money penny coming up. <laughs> Looks like she's doing a poo.
1: <laughs> what? I can't remember. Did we get a vote on whether this money penny was any good?
0: <laughs> Has anyone ever uttered the words the Timothy Dalton money penny is good?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It was time to, you know, pass the torch for Lewis Maxwell. Probably nah. ten years earlier, <laughs> but still, I mean, it's a tough act to follow. I do remember this one more than the Never Say Never Again, Money Penny.
0: I just blocked that out. I love this
1: Ghetto <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <come laughs> on. so good, so eighty. Still, and what cheesy. was that? <laughs> <laughs> the Sky. We 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 took a lot of shots at it. Not Skyfall. Spectre. When they had that. Um, <laughs> ghetto blaster i love
0: it it's funny desmond wellin talking about his ghetto blaster it's called a ghetto blaster
1: <laughs> but what was that specter special where they were showing the best of bond moments oh, and yes. it's all things like you know uh my name's pussy galore and their classic bond moments and so they've the ghetto blaster scene in there. <laughs> like there's a lot of people you know what's the great bond scene of all time the ghetto blaster <laughs> Seriously, Does she it, look a lot older with her glasses off, too? Is it a thing in the 80s that like
0: got a lot of people laid listening to Barry Manilow? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Come over and listen to my what it, Barry Manilow collection.
1: Oh, money penny. <laughs> it doesn't now?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I've only been single for about six months and I haven't been lucky. Maybe I need to bring out Barry Manilow. <laughs> That's
1: clearly where I'm <laughs> going wrong. That's the reason why. <laughs> Oh uh, no! Now here's here's a question: Necros and his milk jugs versus whatever R- Rukisha or whatever her name is and her milk jugs. Who wins? <laughs> uh, Necros.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he can blow them up. <laughs> now was it was it you or was it Noah? I think you actually were on my page with Necros, weren't you? As a good henchman, and Noah was the one oh, yeah, saying I that love- Necros was shit.
1: I- yeah, I I don't know. I, I thought Noah would be the one defending him because he's, he's kind of a classic henchman. I think he's the first classic henchman we've had mm. in this series since, like, maybe Jaws. Well, Mayday. Uh, I think Mayday's different. I mean, because she, she's... Yeah, she's a henchwoman, but she's redeemed in the end, so I don't know if I could really... Well, I guess Jaws is, too, by Moonraker, but... No, I mean, I, I think Necros—they were on to something with him. I think the movie needed a little bit more of that over-the-topness. Oh, here's the man crush. <laughs> yeah.
0: I kind of like Koskov just in the beginning, just because I don't know. He's, there's something about him that because he's so wimpy and so everything, it just brings something fun about his character.
1: Yeah, like a little bit flamboyant. I think his character works. I think Necros's character works. Whenever this movie tries to have fun, it actually succeeds. It's just it spends too long almost avoiding having fun.
0: I mean, when we get to Whittaker, he's just (laughs) shit.
1: (laughs) Now, that's awesome. Superb, Mr. Bond, superb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, well, when we get to Whittaker. uh. I
0: just love, you know, fresh milk.
1: Did you have this in Australia where people would deliver milk to your house? I actually
0: vaguely remember when I was younger, like the milk people driving around early on in the morning. And like, I think it was a thing like right up maybe until the early nineties. Um, and I don't think we ever got it done, but I vaguely remember because it was a very like a, a distinct sounding truck that would drive around your street with it. So yeah, I'm pretty sure we did have this. It's a weird thing, yeah. Isn't we it? had
1: it here too. Well, now you look back on it, you're like, how weird, but I remember we were were living in a small town at the time, so I figured that's the only way they can get milk. (laughs) Uh, We're not going to drive to the city every day, but when we moved into the city, they still had it, so yeah, I'd say probably all the way up until the early 90s. Now you look back on it, and you're like, why would people deliver milk? Why is it only milk that gets delivered to your house? Like, Why not bread? Does anybody deliver you know, Cheerios to your house? Or... <laughs> well, toilet
0: paper seems to be, you know, like what about the lactose intolerant? Like, they don't need milk, whereas I think everyone <laughs> needs to wipe their bums.
1: Well, nowadays, with all the lactose intolerant people, you should have toilet paper delivery men following <laughs> the... Hey, well, you
0: yeah, just, just come with the milk. Here's your milk and here's your toilet paper. <laughs> I never get... What is he doing? Why is his hand in his shoe right now? (laughs) Got a foot fetish. I just like my
1: hand to smell like shoe a couple times a day.
0: Didn't we go over this in this scene that Bond just kind of disappears?
1: Yeah. Well, there's no purpose for him being here. He brought a picnic basket.
0: (laughs) Thought these sandwiches would scare the living daylights out of you, (laughs) Em.
1: Add that line to the most <laughs> inappropriate parts of the movie.
0: <laughs> On the Ferris wheel laughing. You might be scared <laughs> the living daylights out of you here. Ha ha ha
1: ha What if that parrot just all of a sudden just in the background is like Ah A tax, thanks, Cheryl Isn't it the same one? Didn't we actually go over the trivia that it is the same bird? Like I'm not I don't even joking. See, this is why I think Noah's wrong on Necros. because, I, I mean, if he was dressed as a Milkman the whole time, that would have made it even better, but just the gimmick, <laughs> the gimmick of a strangling henchman, even without the Milkman's uniform, is great. And you have this massive, like, what, six foot five, you know, blonde guy looks like a Nazi, <laughs> he's strangling people with fishing wire.
0: I love the fact that you get a scene of a guy actually drinking Nekros' milk. This just reminds me, have you ever seen the movie, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Sudden Death? A long time ago, I probably don't remember much. There's like a big fight scene that he has in the kitchen, and he's just like, I think he's fighting with a woman actually, and he's just like, every little item in the kitchen he can find to try and do it, and he ends up like boiling her head in a vat of like frying food and stuff like that, and just reminds me of that scene. It's a good movie, it's ice hockey based, you'd like it. Oh. Said at Game oh, Seven of the
1: Stanley Cup, he's got to try and stop them from killing the vice president. If the Leafs don't make the Cup this year, I'm going on a strike and I will watch sudden death every night of the Stanley Cup Finals. I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's I definitely know it's
0: Pittsburgh Penguins. I think it's Penguins versus the Blackhawks, and they have like a big because you know the Van Dam and his kids are big Penguins fans.
1: Oh, that was the first Stanley Cup Finals I ever watched too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> same. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look at that, exploding
0: milk jug! This is fantastic.
1: <laughs> everybody, Ryan, everybody, stop
0: Stop! press. Colin just said the words, it's fantastic, in a Timothy Dalton movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I don't, that's, know, about, that's I don't bomb. know about the music here, though. It's an <laughs> instrumental it's a, version. That guy
0: drinking the milk a second ago, is he going to explode now? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> What's the chemical reaction when it hits his stomach acid? <laughs>
0: And Don't kill me! <laughs> I, I don't mind the music. I think this has got a good score, The Living Daylights.
1: I think it's a bit overrated. I, um, a lot of people give it more credit than I think it deserves simply because it was the last one that... Um, uh, what's his name? John Barry, yeah. The last one that John Barry did. I don't think it's his best one. I actually prefer, of all the 80s ones, I prefer Octopussy uh, over Vito Kill or this. But I, I think the, the score is good. It's just there's a little too much of just instrumental versions of the songs. Like we have an instrumental version of the Pretender song, an instrumental version of the Aha song.
0: Not an instrumental of um Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Never mind. Uh
1: <laughs> Where is the instrumental version of If You Ask Me To yeah. in License to Kill?
0: Oh, I can't wait till we get to License to Kill. That's that's the best non James Bond theme ever.
1: <laughs> I like to think of it as the best non-James Bond James Bond movie too. It's not a Bond movie; it's a Miami Vice movie. I
0: don't know there's something about the instrumental the Pretender song there that kind of works.
1: Uh maybe the first time. I think it does get old after a while. <laughs>
0: mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> and here's uh, Gordon. What's his name? That no, I can't remember. <laughs> Robert Brown, sorry, because Gordon Brown's yeah, the Robert Prime Minister, so that's what we got mixed up. <laughs> There's something about Dalton's hair that annoys me, though. It kind of looks like he needs to brush it. Like It's <laughs> it's not, like it's, I don't know, does it not look to you like it's not done properly?
1: Uh, you know, again, this is where it'll surprise people, because I'm like Pierce Brosnan fanboy, I always had a bigger issue with Pierce Brosnan's hair in Goldeneye, which looked like it was a helmet stuck to his scalp.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's not a bad point, actually. I mean, there's, I don't know, there's almost a bit of similarities between the two that I'm looking at right now, just thinking yeah. back to Goldeneye.
1: Dalton's ha- Dalton has a weird hairline for this look, too. That's the other thing. Because his part seems to be about six inches back from the poof in the front. <laughs> It's going very rocket. This is kind of rockabilly Bond. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he was meant to be Bond in the 60s, wasn't he? So <laughs> Yeah.
1: Back, what was the 60s? Well, it was almost him instead of Lazenby. Oh. Imagine if. Could you imagine yeah, if that history,
0: he was the one time Bond in 1969, and then somehow Lazenby was like Dalton in 1987?
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's a
0: thought. <laughs> well, of course, Brosnan was meant to be. This was meant to be Brosnan's first film. Yeah.
1: So. There's another interesting thing to think of, and that's where I think some of the stuff in this, the the movie seems like it has multiple personalities. There's times where it's a little bit too serious, times where it's a little bit too goofy, and they have said that the movie was drastically rewritten to match Dalton because the the original script was meant for a guy like Brosnan. And I can see this as a Brosnan movie, minus some of the brooding, Um, and I'm not sure they had enough time to really make this a full Dalton movie. I would love to see them have had a chance to develop a proper Dalton movie because I don't think he ever had that. If I'm going to come to the defense of Dalton for anything, it'll be that. This was a Pierce Brosnan movie that they kind of last minute had to make for Dalton and License to Kill wasn't really a Bond movie. It was a Miami Vice movie and they're still trying to figure out who Dalton was. If they had had a third shot, I think we all agreed that Dalton could have been really good. So the what was the movie meant?
0: The nineteen was it only one? They were meant to have a third Dalton one that they can. What was that one called again? The Warhead
1: two thousand sixteen or something. Yeah.
0: Do you feel as though that had Bros, had this been Brosnan, that he would have lasted like more than two films? Would they have gone forward with you know more films uh, between License to Kill and GoldenEye?
1: Well, it's 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 an interesting question because you have to think, did the Bond movies die out because they had grown stale and there was too much competition from the American... Like, this is right around... 1987, this is the same year Lethal Weapon comes out. You know, the Rambo movies a few years earlier in this had broken through. Die Hard's a year away. American movies were catching up. I mean, England were the only people making action movies like this for a long time. Now Americans are doing Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, Rambo... I think it was just too much competition, but maybe Brosnan could have gotten one more out of it um, just because it would have matched what people are familiar with with Bond a little better. It mm.
0: would have been interesting. Like, what do
1: you think? I don't know. Like, I kind of agree with you. I, I
0: think I don't always necessarily feel that the reason why that sort of these two failed and it kind of went away for years, I don't always necessarily feel it's Dalton. Um, I mean... You know, if you analyze the movies as movies and like, you know, like I can, I, I like License Kill, but I can see why you complain and other people complain about it. Um, so, and I really feel that people, yeah, I mean, a movie at this point, the series have been around for what, 20, 25 years essentially in 1987. Um, so I mean, it's a long time, still a long time today to have it run around that long, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine how big in the 1980s to have things like Die Hard and all the movies that you were mentioning a second ago because, I mean, they're still considered classics to this day. I mean, back in the 80s when they were that big. So I I kind of always thought that if I'm glad that Brosnan didn't get it back then because he potentially could have only been. He could be the Dalton. Everyone could be, oh, Brosnan was shit. Um, he could be Mr. Pickle yeah. <laughs> Um. So, yeah, and and it it would just be so interesting to think if Brosnan had been this only for two, I mean, would Sean Bean have been Bond in the 90s? Like, who would have been Bond in
1: 1995? Sean Bean as Bond, I think, is a great idea. I don't know if it really would have worked, but it's a great thing to think of, like, how different the series could have been with him. And I think Sean Bean can do anything. He would have died in every film, though. That would have been the thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bond dies and he's just resurrected every time. Bond catches
0: public transport. Now didn't this annoy you as well?
1: <laughs> no, I actually kinda like this idea.
0: <laughs> just next time you're on a train, uh, just look out for James Bond.
1: Yeah, well he's probably gonna be hanging off the back with duo and he's staring thinking at the <laughs> Where's do where's, <"Doo?" laughs> where's Emma Stokely right now? Was no, This movie did use locations pretty well though. I, I think even over A View to a Kill and Octopussy, uh, maybe even for Fear as Only, I'd say of all the 80s movies, this is the one where I think the locations feel the most unique and Bond-like.
0: Yeah. Until he joins the Taliban. Um, <laughs> it just gets a little but bit But still, awkward. it's
1: not something we've seen in Bond before.
0: <laughs> well, again, until, you know, Bond 25, he joins ISIS. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it, it's When we get to that part of the movie, it's going to be interesting because... I think there's a lot of things from the '80s that you look back on now. You're like, wow, it's amazing. Some of the things that people were passionate about, you don't realize the consequence. Because Ram- I remember seeing ramble 3 which came out I think the year after this, and seeing that just after 9/11, mm. and it's the same as this. It's ramble working with the mercenaries who we know go on to become the Taliban.
0: I think we discussed that, didn't we? Now, you know, who who is it in 20 years' time we're going to be thinking of? Like, oh, those damn New Zealanders we never yeah. thought that they would turn into global <laughs> the terrorists. French. The, oh, the French, come on. They couldn't win anything if they were paid to. <laughs> Hello to all our French listeners again. Bonjour.
1: I swear, the <laughs> just through the window there when the cello case, I thought I saw Howard the Duck and it was the chapter <laughs> cello case.
0: <laughs> you just want to find anything bad about this movie, so you're thinking of Howard the Duck. <laughs>
1: You know what? Howard the Duck in a Bond movie. Howard the Duck makes a better Christmas Jones than Denise Richards as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, does Bond use a toilet stall? There's another question. Public transit, public, transit, public restrooms. It
0: just, it just seems funny that, yeah, Bond... I mean, do we ever see Bond go to the toilet? Uh,
1: <laughs> I think he sat on Willard White's briefly in <laughs> Times Are Forever.
0: I just, I just want Brosnan to pop through the roof right now. Beg your pardon, forgot to knock. Yeah. <laughs> I like how this guy
1: is like so curious about a guy going to the toilet. <laughs> I mean, every guy has been in a public washroom and doesn't matter what's going on. Your eyes are not off the wall. You're staring directly <laughs> yes. ahead. And when you get up and you move, the guy in the urinal next to you, you don't even make eye contact with, like, anything. You don't even look at his hairline.
0: It is, I mean, for our female listeners, it is probably one of the most awkward things you ever do in your life. Just think about if you went to the bathroom and you had to sit next to another woman with no wall in between you and just urinate next to somebody. I mean, yeah. I, I generally will never use a urinal unless so I absolutely have to, because I don't like the thought of having to stand next to another man who is urinating next to me. Uh, it's, it's not the best.
1: <laughs> the thing that always makes it more awkward in movies is where people have conversations at urinals, because... I can tell you it's a lot less awkward to stand surrounded by strangers at a urinal than somebody you know. If you're in the washroom at the same time as a person you know, you almost want to wait for them to be done. Yes,
0: yes I speak English.
1: <laughs> I speak English.
0: Still better chemistry at now, this point. Then... <laughs>
1: did we discuss this? If we didn't, uh, I'm sure we should now. The whole question about when does Bond get rapey, like the Living (laughs) Daylight debate that was brought up by Catherine, our listener. She's going to love that we mention that again. The fact that Timothy Dalton essentially does the same thing here. He's like, no, I'm a good friend of your boyfriends. Now let's get it on.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of interesting. It's always interesting to look back at old Bond films, just with modern viewpoints now and how society's now. And like, yeah, we obviously talked a lot about Bond being rapey. And yeah, it's... I don't know, like, how would this movie pass off in 2016? I don't think it would go down too well. I'm a friend of your (laughs) boyfriend.
1: Well, I mean, I I think it's the same now. I think people just... in, In a way, I think people look for reasons to complain about older movies like this. Because what's Casino Royale? Vesper has a boyfriend. She's very attached to him. If we didn't find out in Quantum of Solace that this guy was a bad guy, then... Bond's just Bond. Bond didn't know he was a bad guy when he was sleeping around with Vesper. So is it any different? Well, even Spectre. I mean, he's gone mm-hmm.
0: after Mr. White's daughter, and then you know, I mean, again, we we're trying to talk about the age difference between the two in that film. Like, yeah. you know, there's a significant age gap between Bond uh, in that film, and so yeah, I mean, I you could even put in a slight argument for the most recent Bond film that he's not exactly unrapey.
1: Now changing the subject to a more awkward thing than even that, do you like Bond's Cosby sweater? (laughs) He's wearing that leopard
0: jacket. Well, it's clear to see um, that obviously worked a lot in the eighties for women. Uh, Maybe not always in in their will, but um, (laughs) I don't think we should. It works for Cosby (laughs) again, not always necessarily with the women's permission. Uh,
1: Yeah. But it's just the fact that he's wearing the straightest, squarest article of clothing you could have on, covered by a leather jacket. <laughs> the bad boy jacket. On top of the Cosby sweater. Maybe
0: maybe that's just like a universal code, that everybody wearing a Cosby sweater is a bit rapey.
1: <laughs> that's how spies identify each other in public. <laughs> yes.
0: Now, how close was Bill Cosby to playing James Bond?
1: Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> And can't we say, make a better Christmas Jones than Denise (laughs) Richards? Yes. Uh, At
0: least people maybe would have listened to her. You're
1: the car guy. Is this one of the best? Because I'm not a car guy at all. But I think this car is probably the best that he has. Or this movie, just all of his vehicles the best that he has in the 80s i think most of his 80s cars look they go back to the aston
0: martins in this film so um -hmm. look i mean 1980s cars are not generally i think overall considered to be the most attractive of cars in the history of cars i mean that's just the 80s decade in general but yeah i'd agree with that i mean there's something about an aston martin that still brings a bit of class even if it looks very boxy and just whatever but i you know are a few 80s cars i don't mind i mean i like i mean the lotus i guess was 70s into it but i mean there's still the, what was it the citrus the citrus <laughs> what was that one? i mean it's i mean yeah. like that's not a car you go around listening to barry manilow picking up the chicks in but it's just this is something there's <laughs> something just I, I like the fact that that car i mean it just i love that scene and everything in that movie but yeah oh no she's lost her head
1: um <laughs> Now, if that guy was actually walking up to Kara right there, or Bond, <laughs> he totally blew his cover. He's just standing, excuse me, excuse me, I'm trying to watch you right now, can you turn around? I need to identify you. I do love the fact that you're traveling around listening to smooth jazz. Um... Yeah, <laughs> what does Bond listen to in the, like, because we know he, he he can only listen to the Beatles with earmuffs. <laughs> is Bond a guy who's with the times in the 80s, or is he, is he, like, those aha uh-huh guys are a disgrace to music. Give me Barry Manilow any day. his play in the CD play. If you ask me to. <laughs> He's more Patti LaBelle than the Pretenders.
0: It's kind of like, you know, as Bond, you know, in each decade. It's, yeah, it's really interesting to see how his taste would change. I love this scene. I, I you know, I don't know. I know you hate how it ends. But, um, mm. I mean, were you one of the... Was the car it, chase is cool. We, we, uh, yeah, I was trying to think, because I think maybe we're all fans of this one, particularly with the whole driving through the shed and everything. <laughs> was- Except that, for whatever
1: reason, it doesn't pop the tires. <laughs> it's freaking laser. Look, the tires are intact. It's the only thing intact. I do love her expression there, her eyes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Salt is <laughs> <all. laughs> Come on, come on! Yeah, I did. I did say that Dalton's delivery of one line is—you know—he's not up there with Moore and with Brosnan, of course.
1: Brosnan could have pulled off that line, I think. Moore definitely could have. I believe Moore it was would have salt corrosion. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I just want a picture. Moore delivering all of these. Lines.
0: What happened? I believe it scared the living daylights out of itself. <laughs>
1: That always bugged the whole optional and the broodiness with them, like salt corrosion, salt corrosion. That's Daniel
0: Craig's movie. <laughs> There's always something about um, James Bond police that they're just always happy to just fire the shit out of machine guns, like yeah, they're not considered the safe.
1: What if of other happened people? to warning shots? <laughs>
0: This is why American police may be a very uh, quick-to-fire guns nowadays. They just keep watching James Bond films. Well, they're doing it in Bond films! <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, this this I like, too. I like that we have a car chase in the snow, on the ice. I mean, here in Canada, this is at least five months of our year is driving <laughs> on ice and snow. I thought you and... were saying, in
0: Canada, this is just what happens to work. We get chased by the police every yeah. day.
1: <laughs> but... This I don't like. Like, there's times where it goes too over the top and it kills the tone of the movie. And him driving a barn on the ice is just uh, too much for me. I love it. I just think it's so
0: Bond. It's just, you know, it's it's Brosnan with a tank and- driving with a statue on top of it.
1: Like, it's just, it's. I know. That, yeah, but I know that you're the wrong guy to say this to. But if that were in Die Another Day, people wouldn't be talking about sky surfing or whatever or GN- DNA therapy. They'd be saying like. <laughs> Bond drove a barn on the ice. That's the dumbest thing ever. But Dalton does it. No, it's so serious. This is like what Fleming would have written.
0: I just think it's just something about it that's just it's such so Bond. And just like you always see that scene of the barn and then getting it blown up. And I love the fact that he loses his tires and he can drive a circle around it to make them sink. Like it's just, that's James Bond. Like you don't see Daniel Craig doing that. Well, there's a good reason why. (laughs) Again, at the end of the day, you've got a a movie what pretty much what the greatest James Bond movie. We voted it between ourselves as the greatest James Bond movie. He's got a car that turns into
1: a submarine, (laughs) like. But the way that it handles it better because it's not trying to be, you know, brooding Bond. It it would be as if Casino Royale had a barn on ice. It just (laughs) wouldn't fit that movie. I love that everything has to be labelled. Rocket motor.
0: Well, it's just going back to Dr. No. Like <laughs> You were saying that in Casino Royale, <laughs> weren't you? Like, they need everything to be labelled.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I was not
0: enough, sorry, that you were saying that. My bad. Yeah. Oh, we're getting close to it. We're getting close to the best line of this movie.
1: Yeah, this is this action sequence has lost me at this point.
0: <laughs> you just can't handle nothing to declare as one of the best Bond lines ever. <laughs>
1: I can't handle the fact that I live in Canada and that crash into that snowbank wouldn't have stopped anybody here. <laughs> we'd still be driving. If
0: that was Australia we'd be shitting ourselves at the sight of one bit of snow. <laughs>
1: snow? What the bloody hell do we do with it? Shit
0: Can't go to the beach in that. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's a good bond line. We've never talked about that one. Glad I insisted you bought that cello. <laughs> this, this is brilliant. I love how can you not like this colin? What is wrong with you?
1: He's skiing it's <laughs> <action> <laughs> in a cello case. <laughs> to bargaining in a cello case. Again, like if Moore did this in view to a kill of you. We've got Grandpa Moore tobogganing in a freaking cello case. What kind of bad movie is that? Dalton does it. This is so serious. It's so dangerous. The best bit about this, you've
0: got four army guys in unison shooting the shit out of him. You've got paratroopers skiing next to him and somehow they've got no weapon. They've got a cello and they're surviving this. <laughs> but this isn't a goofy movie. I love this. Here we go. This is the best. This is Living Daylights in a In a
1: (laughs) nutshell. I still need our listeners to give us opinions. Is that we have nothing to declare lying, good or bad. (laughs) (laughs) And what's with the the only thing that
0: echo, echoes is,
1: Cholo, chello <laughs>
0: When I arrive in America in about a month, I'm going to walk straight through customs, throw up my suitcase, catch it, and then walk on, nothing to the clear! <laughs> See if I don't get like... You'll be shot dead before like, the thing
1: hits. <laughs> very relaxed in the 80s in Austria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, getting back to the things I like, I love the locations here, and I wish that we saw a little bit more of the Tangier stuff. I'm glad we didn't get the magic carpet
0: right. (laughs) Yes, that's... um...
1: Why they figured this isn't appropriate for a Bond movie, but a blinking fish will be great in the next one, I don't understand. (laughs) Let's get to the blinking fish already. (laughs) Now come on, John Rhys-Davies... We have Sala from Indiana Jones, Gimli from Lord of the Rings, the guy from Sliders. <laughs> this guy's, and he, I'm going to meet him. Um, uh, we have a Comic-Con here. We we're supposed to have Julian Glover for the last three years who played uh, Christados and Free Eyes Only, and he won't make it, but John Reese davies will be there, so nice. I'll, I'll be able to meet a Bond villain. If, do, do we call him a villain, or is he an ally in the end? He's an ally in the end, isn't he? I guess so. So I guess kind of like Mayday. He he's a villain who turns good in the end, so he loses his villain status.
0: Just reading here about John Rhys Davies. I think you should definitely talk to him about the fact that he played Man Ray in SpongeBob SquarePants.
1: <laughs> I mean that—that is my role. Uh, four and a, <laughs> my four and a half-year-old son's favorite show: is SpongeBob SquarePants. There you go. Four and a half, sorry, four and a half months, not four and a half years.
0: Well, considering that I absolutely despise Lord of the Rings and just fall asleep in them, um, I have no idea who the hell he is, but uh, I am about to go to New Zealand in a couple of weeks to date this podcast, and there is a chance that I am going to Hobbiton, so um, I can fall asleep in the place
1: they filmed it, so (laughs) why not? (laughs) Many people have fallen asleep watching the movie. (laughs) You'll fall asleep. I'm a, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, but uh, I can understand somebody who doesn't care for it. Well, just looking here, it is also his other
0: film credits. He played Santa in Catching Kringle. And um, John Hammond, not as in Jurassic Park John Hammond, but John Hammond in 31 North 62
1: East. What a movie that was. <gasps> anyway. He also was uh, the alternate for Mr. Prickle Pants. Toy <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yes. So many people lined up for that role. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Brad
0: Whittaker, like... Uh, I, again, as I said, like I'd never seen this for a very long time. So I remember when I saw this, the whole time, like I don't think I had the internet back when I saw this, so I couldn't exactly just jump on Wikipedia or IMDB to see, like, is that, is that not... Uh, what's his name from GoldenEye? Like, and, like it just annoyed me. Like, it does annoy me so much that Bond have done this in a couple of occasions where they've just recast people, and particularly that he's pretty much one of, if not the key villain in this film almost, well, secondary um then he goes on to be one of his key allies in the 90s like what like is there a shortage of actors that they have from 1987 to 1995 that joe what? don baker has to
1: play a villain than a good guy i mean it's kind of obvious i mean is there a bigger gap because there's only eight years in between this and Golden Eye. what's the gap for mod adams 74 to 83 it's like nine years so yeah it's not even like they're waiting and these actors don't look different. I can understand when they look completely different. Mm-hmm. But other than putting a Hawaiian shirt on them, does Jack <laughs> Wade look any different than Brad Whitaker? just got to say the words. Hey, Jimbo! Jimbo. <laughs> does he still have the tattoo in say. Muffy?
0: Like, does he still have
1: that song? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Muffy. <laughs> Muffy. <laughs> that's, that's Brad Whitaker's... Because let's also be honest. Oh, there's Smiling Bond. Ugh. The way he says, "Tacky." I you. just want to forever call him Muffy
0: Whitaker. <laughs> then saying Muffy in that film could be the greatest Bond line. the was underrated Bond line ever. Muffy, <laughs> Muffy.
1: <laughs> oh, here we get the background on cellos. This is this is intense stuff. Oh, it's,
0: it's just so good with Bond, isn't it? I learnt all that about that creepy
1: smile. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's like, he's the serious boss. At least he's he knows how to bond. smile. Daniel Craig's never smiled in his life. Well, I don't know how many times Sean Connery smiled in his movies. Sean Connery doesn't have to smile. He's Sean Connery. <laughs> he walks <laughs> into a room and women's underwear comes off. You know, here's know, here's another question. When can you remember Roger Moore smiling? Again, he doesn't need to. He's Roger Moore. Like... <laughs> So, in other words, no Bond smile, but Daniel Craig's the only one who gets criticized for it. <laughs> Brosnan smiles. <laughs> Brosnan can do it. He's got a beautiful smile. He does a whole movie smiling. He's not serious
0: at all. <laughs> it's never happened to the other fellow. He had a lot of guts.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> we just need to incorporate. What's he had a lot of guts. It... On that What's that? That driver has the most massive sideburns I've ever seen.
0: He had a lot of guts, and it scared the living daylights out of him. <laughs> Muffy, the living daylights. <laughs> that does I will say, you're, I think you are right, though, now that I, you've pointed out the fashion. It's a very casual Bond, yeah. isn't he? Just walking around in like yeah. a leather jacket and like a. Sweater, Like, I, I criticize Craig for driving dad cars. This is dad Bond just walking around. <laughs> yeah. I'm just with my daughter. He's
1: even got the little collar sticking out of the Cosby sweater. <laughs> it's really annoying me now that you pointed it out. It's just, <laughs>
0: it's just, it's Bond walking around in those clothes.
1: <laughs> Look at this. This looks like Blanche DuBois wore from The Golden Girl. <laughs>
0: Her hair's all messed up too, like what look at all the strands of hair, like seriously, do they not have hairdressers
1: in the eighties? <laughs> oh, this is the best pool scene since fear Your eyes only <laughs> Where's her hands going? Mm, mm.
0: And look at those shorts <laughs> Checkered shorts. I wish I had a, like I was born in the eighties, but I kind of wish I had grown up in the eighties. I I think by the looks of things, unattractive slightly bigger men got quite lucky in the nineteen eighties. Like it, it wasn't a it wasn't a decade that you had to be that attractive to get lucky,
1: so Yeah, Davies has got laid dead in <laughs> age. what's with the golf hat? <gasps> <laughs> Oh, uh, Whitaker life. eats lobster like a pig. <laughs>
0: <laughs> salute. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay then. I've never had lobster right, so in my we life. Got...
1: <laughs> I had it once or once or twice. Is it as good as it's supposedly <laughs> so expensive? It's good. It's not like like 30 dollars, good <laughs> Not 30 dollars. Um, well they have sub you have subway there of course right we have subway okay well subways everywhere subways on the moon even they have subway everywhere <laughs> when you go to heaven the first thing you when you walk through the pearly gates is a subway that's my vision right there um but subway had a lobster sub here that they brought a couple of times and um they use real lobster for it, but the problem is, is it costs twice as much. So you're getting like a six-inch sub, and it's costing you about nineteen dollars.
0: That's, I mean, nobody pays nineteen dollars for Subway. Let's be honest. Like, I mean, do you, I mean, do you pay nineteen dollars for any fast food? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Depends on how much you have to eat, I guess. <laughs> Good call. Oh, Bond at the opera, laughing. Like, Look at that. Look how happy oh, they are together. That's chemistry.
0: That's not chemistry. Bond didn't take Vespa to the opera.
1: Too busy sucking each other's fingers. He didn't need to. He licked their hands in the shower. What's he got to waste time with the opera for?
0: No, I still stand by. I think they've got great chemistry.
1: I I don't think that they have bad chemistry. Uh, Oh, there's a Michael G. Wilson cameo two two, uh, seats away from Saunders there. At least he's not getting arrested in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Look, Bond, he's almost too cool to do the standing ovation. At least he's
0: not wearing, at least he's wearing Bond clothes now. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see the Cosby sweater over. I do do think Dalton looks great in a tux. Like, you've got to give him that.
1: Yeah, I think he pulls off that look, which is why I don't understand them waste. And again, I understand competing with Rambo, competing with Indiana Jones, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard. But all they do is try to make him look American in these movies. And... If he had just been traditional Bond, you know, looking sophisticated, looking suave, I think it works. He can pull off the look.
0: The first and only Welsh Bond, of course, Then not walking around in a tight red suit going, I am doing a gear in the village.
1: I missed that reference. What's that? <laughs> you don't, never seen Little Britain? No. Oh. Well, I think I have, but it's been years and I don't remember it really that
0: Basically, well. Basically, the only way I know what a Welsh accent sounds like is to think of Dafford from Little Britain. I am doing a gear in the village. <laughs> Look it up You'll <laughs> get it when you see it
1: <laughs> Everybody YouTube it right now everybody's,
0: everybody's like Ben you're so homophobic Like what are you saying The world All right. is gay On
1: Three, two, one, 3, we should pause And Google <laughs> Little British Clips Saunders Look at how much he's Freaking out here God I hate Saunders
0: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's such a little bitch <laughs> You see the worst like
1: Ally ever Maybe yeah, I mean, there's there's ones who are more pointless than him, but there's not many that you want to strap down to a chair without the seat and whip <laughs> with uh, a knot on the end of a rope. <laughs> Nothing to lose but my pension. Shut up, Saunders. Oh, here we go!
0: Uh, Oh, where are we? No, no! This is the (laughs) dumbest looking
1: thing. Like, Bond could not be giggling on a roller coaster. They're so in love. Look at them. They're not in love. He's playing her. (laughs) Oh, Bond on bumper cars. All these people. This is what Fleming wrote. I don't remember many scenes where Fleming was writing Bond on bumper cars. (laughs) Oh, Bond wins an elephant. <laughs> You're funny, smiling. Hey, look at the little toy I got you, dear. Hey, do you want to go to the haunted house? It's scary. Woo! Now, what that... if right there we just had Roger Moore sitting up in the body bag? Woo! <laughs> that was Daniel Craig. You would
0: have shot it like a hundred times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roger Moore. That's
0: Abu! That's... Abu. <laughs>
1: And why can't Dalton ever get it on in a normal bed? It's got to be in the back of a boat, in a Ferris wheel car. Because that, that, Dalton's the Bond who likes public sex. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know the, the documentaries, well, we all know, the doc- people wouldn't be listening to this podcast if they haven't already exhausted all the documentaries on the DVDs, yes. but the inside... <laughs> what else am I going to do? I'll uh, listen to a 007 commentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i need to learn more about this series. i need to know what fred Drescher references can be put into <laughs> which 90s celeb is going to be referenced this week <laughs> um but like the, the inside living daylights documentary where they're like because of the AIDS scare bond had to be celibate it's like He's getting it on with a We never see him put on a condom. He's sleeping around in a dirty Ferris wheel. Like, it's not like this is the cleanest place on the planet. It
0: is interesting, the whole, like, AIDS thing. Because, I mean, didn't we work out... Doesn't Dalton only sleep with, like, two women in these both films? Like... Yeah. He's not exactly... Well, I and mean, I guess we... Well, no, we counted whats the name in the beginning, didn't we? Um, Need-a-man-band-woman. Uh, well, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to think, like, with the AIDS scare. Like... I mean, AIDS is still a thing in 2016. So is chlamydia, so is herpes. Like, it's not exactly like sexually transmitted disease just died in the 90s and no longer a thing. Like, I, I I couldn't imagine the sexually transmitted disease that Connery and Roger Moore have.
1: Yeah, and like, he's still having unprotected sex. It's just with one woman. So, I don't know how this ties into the AIDS scare. Well,
0: we don't, okay, in all fairness, we don't necessarily know that he didn't just all of a sudden, like, they're getting busy and all of a sudden, oh, hang on a minute, my dear, let me pull out a condom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's got Sean Connery's accent. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, of course, when it comes to the sex part, everyone's got Sean Connery's accent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you want another ride? <laughs> Oh, here comes Saunders' death, the most tragic moment of this film. The
0: best moment of this film.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I've got to get a postcard. She's really loyal to
1: her boyfriend in this movie, too, isn't Absolutely. she? <laughs> Just loves loves him to bits. Like, again, they're worried about, oh, Bond shouldn't be sleeping around with multiple women, but the Bond girl can have everybody on the planet.
0: It's all good that she can cheat. Like, who cares?
1: Yeah. Her and Necros have a thing on the side. Her and Saunders (laughs) do. She's the Sheena
0: Easton of this movie. (laughs) What song do you think she's singing right now, Sheena? she up to the Living Daylights? (laughs) I can't believe you're not there. Like, seriously, between the Maple Leaf and Sheena
1: Easton? Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, I don't want people to get the wrong idea, like I'm not a true Bond fan. This very concert has been here before a couple of years, I think two years ago (laughs) we saw it. It just does it every year. It just didn't have Sheena Easton, so Uh, I was going to be paying... 50 bucks to see Sheena Easton perform the same song. I was literally about to turn
0: around and say, you can see the Maple Leafs how often every year, but obviously Sheena Easton comes to Winnipeg as much as the Maple Leafs does.
1: (laughs) Well, the the Maple Leafs, no matter where you are, Leafs tickets are hard to come by. Those games sell out so quickly. Why? (laughs) Everybody loves the Leafs. And maybe here they just love oh. to watch it look at this, the only man killed by sliding doors <laughs> it is a pretty brutal death like let's be honest i can't imagine what his body's
0: looking like right now
1: well i don't know if it's brutal because we're not seeing anything we saw sliding doors close i can't imagine For all we know he just <laughs> ran off
0: poignant. that's some
1: other guy who's dead there <laughs>
0: poignant the balloon
1: oh yeah this is that's why bond is dangerous he <laughs> pops balloons <laughs> <over the tree. laughs> <laughs> Again, we went through this in the other episode. He doesn't kill a freaking person in the whole film, but he pops
0: balloons. What they should have done with that scene to really make him a bastard is he picks up Saunders' head and squeezes it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here's another thing: why people have the idea that Dalton is the dangerous Bond? He pulled out his gun for the first time in the whole movie since the opening scene, and there's a little kid scared. There, so they're like, oh, I better put it back. I want to scare the kids. <laughs>
0: Yogi.
1: When I was younger, I always thought they said his name was Yogi. (laughs) Yogi Yogi.
0: Yogi Bear. Boo-boo? Hey, boo-boo?
1: Now, do you think this movie benefits from having focus on just one Bond girl as opposed to six or seven that you know more and connery had had prior to this
0: again that's where i think a lot of the chemistry comes from because it is it's just it's just one focus like i mean Casino Royale essentially it's between vesper and that what's a name stupid woman <laughs> um but yeah i think it does i mean you think of any bond movie that kind of only really focuses on the one rather than 300 i mean i know the world is not enough as <laughs> denise richards but like yeah, you know, it's it's the it's long focus on a lecture, and I, I just think it works a lot better. So yes,
1: I I wasn't really sold on car as uh as a Bond girl until maybe just this last time we we re, we rewatched it. I can remember even when Skyfall came out a couple of years earlier. That was probably the the Dalton movies. I usually. Well, I'm not usually I'll often skip them, so <laughs> it's a guarantee I'll watch them every three years between movies or whatever, but yeah. yeah, even when Skyfall came out, I'm like, oh, she's one of my least favorite Bond girls. And then for whatever reason, this past time I watched it, I actually really liked her.
0: Good, you're coming around. In in three years' time you'll like Dalton too. <laughs> well
1: let's not go crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you think's more likely? The leaf swing is Stanley Cup or you liking Timothy Dalton? <laughs> <laughs> Leafs got the number one draft pick. Actually, we should just turn around and say, what's more likely, a Canadian team winning the Stanley Cup or you like? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it doesn't even matter if it's the Leafs at this point. That's why it's funny, whenever I hear other uh, other people, like, well, here in Canada, you always root for a Canadian team. There's very few people who are rooting for an American team over a Canadian one. People always like to say, oh, the Leafs haven't won a cup since whenever. I'm like, ha well, your team's never won one. <laughs>
0: It was funny, actually, yesterday, uh, to date this podcast again, I went, we had our state ice hockey grand final, which I do the commentary on, and I was wearing uh, one of my Calgary Flames tops, and one of the players for one of the teams, he's, he's Canadian, he's from Vancouver, and he's obviously a big Canucks fan, and he had his kids there, and he's like, oh, that's, you don't go for those teams, they suck, that's the that's the Flames, we hate them. <laughs> like, <you> go for <laughs> that the was Canucks. a pretty
1: decent Canadian accent.
0: Probably the best one I've ever done, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you go for the canucks well, actually go the, lose a stanley cup that you should have won and right about it mate <laughs> yeah you're the guys who held on to roberto luongo for about 16 years too long <laughs> um, to date this even more no it's funny because there's always a team like every city has a rival i'm sure that the hobart hockey team has their own rivals or whatever <laughs> um who is the rival of the hobart hockey? well team? It, well there's it's
0: <laughs> way to explain our league, we don't really have uh regions for the teams. They just have teams because there's there's only about fifty people in the entire state who play it, so they don't really they've only got four well they had five <laughs> teams this year. Um but they just they're just called like the Cougars, the Falcons, the Sharks, the Mighty Ducks and the Red Barons. That's the five teams. So like there's no actual references to regions. But there are rivalries, if that's what you're trying to say. Uh, you, I mean, you, you well, know, our, our sport would be like, obviously, your brother likes Australian rules football. There are big rivalries mm-hmm. in Australian rules football between teams. So, yes, I know what you're obviously, yeah, referencing.
1: Well, like, for Winnipeg, the original Jets that we had, it was always the Canucks. Like, the Canucks and the Jets were just, th- those are the two cities where Canucks fans would be like, the Jets suck, and <laughs> Winnipeg. You know, Winnipegers would be like, oh, the Canucks suck. And it was probably came down to the fact that every year we seem to play the Canucks in the playoffs, and every year we lost to them. But no, the the rivalries, I don't know if we have one right now. Ooh, the, I kind of miss the days when you can mock the kids who moved here from Vancouver. Did the, the Jets, did they ultimately turn into Colorado,
0: or am I thinking of a different team? Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, God, Phoenix. Yeah, or now Arizona. <laughs> so do you hate the Coyotes?
1: <laughs> uh you no, know, it was funny. The first time when we got the Jets back, what was that like, 2010, 2011, whatever? The first game they played against the Phoenix Coyotes, Timus Solani, who was oh, you Timu. know the greatest Jet of all time, uh, the greatest rookie of all time at that point. Former Duck. Uh he got like he got like a stand. Yeah, Ducks too. He got a standing ovation. Oh, tits! Um, Sorry, we got nipples. He- <laughs> yeah (laughs) sorry sorry Sorry. and i'm canadian i'd still rather talk about yeah hockey (laughs) yeah anyway those underwear jesus but yeah but just quickly finish up tibu solani got a standing ovation and then they proceeded to boo him and mock him for the rest of the game just to taunt the other team so that's Winnipeg fans classy as well, they are. I, I mean, as
0: the loyal ice hockey fan I am, the fact that I strongly support two teams, um, obviously the Ducks being one of them. I love Timu, and uh, I'm the president of ice hockey here in Tasmania. is Finnish, so of course he's very passionate about his Finnish people. So he's a big Timu fan. But um, I, the, um, with Calgary, like obviously I know they hate Edmonton, but um, mm-hmm. uh, with when I went to See the Flames play. They play because I actually I saw the Canucks play in Vancouver. Then I saw the Canucks play against Calgary. In Calgary, and of course, I know that Calgary also hates Vancouver. Everyone hates Vancouver. Um, but <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Calgary absolutely belted the shit out of them. It was like a 7 2 win, and then on the train on the way back to my hotel, just surrounded by drunken Flames fans, and there's this one Canucks fan, this little girl, who's like skulking in the corner. All these Flames fans are chanting, <laughs> they see her, and all of a sudden they start going, Fuck the Canucks! Fuck the Canucks! And the next station like is off, girl off. <laughs> Poor thing. She had to leave the train.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the first time I saw the Leafs play, um, it was in Minneapolis. I actually went down to Minneapolis for vacation. Oh, John Reese davies is dead, but not dead. That should have been played by Sean Bean. That's, a, that's a famous uh, scene there,
0: that Bond in the spotlight. They always show that scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good shot. Uh, but yeah, I saw the, the Leafs play in Minneapolis, and we took uh, the bus down there. And First, I just want to say how frightening public transit is in Minneapolis. How frightening <laughs> driving is. You were there with me, too. Yes. Driving in Minneapolis is not... <laughs> but um we we're we we're on the bus and the bus driver was like i almost don't want to let you on with the leafs jersey <laughs> and then people on the bus were like oh as soon as we got off the bus like oh look it's leafs fans and then as soon as we get in the arena all we hear is all the minneapolis people say, look how many leafs jerseys there are here <laughs> like that's what i'm saying the leafs fans will follow them anywhere. that's actually
0: funny because when i was in minneapolis we um because that's in st paul isn't it like the, or was that when yeah. it used to be? I don't know. We we parked actually... We'll out, yeah, we parked outside the arena where the Wild play, and I was actually on that day wearing my Flames jumper, or well, sweater, if, if for you and Americans who have no idea what a jumper is. Um, And there was, like, these two guys just sort of, like, chilling near the stadium, and they're like, well, you shouldn't be wearing that here. And I'm sort of like, I'm not only kidding, man. You know, got to love hockey. And it's just sort of like, okay, thank you, don't kill me. <laughs> They're very passionate about it there. Well, isn't it the home of hockey? Is isn't that what they say in, in Minnesota? Uh
1: Well, as far as American cities, I would guess, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say we have um, there's a, a vintage game every year. Well, they'll they'll do outdoor hockey games. Oh, uh, you probably oh, into classic, yes. Yeah. So we, Winnipeg has one. It's coming up in a couple of weeks, actually, and you'll get the old timers playing against each other. And we have Edmonton against Winnipeg here, and then you'll have the new players playing in an official game. And Wayne Gretzky and uh, Mark Messier and all those guys from the Oilers, they're going to be here in Winnipeg. And Team Solani is going to be back in Winnipeg playing for the Jets for the first time in, what, 20 years? So I'll be watching it on TV since I can't get tickets to that one. Well, they
0: had – we have like a yearly thing now that they bring out – like they say it's a USA-Canada classic. They sell out arenas here, but it's all just sort of like – level three NHL players who aren't involved in the playoffs and a couple of like they always bring out Nathan Walker the Australian who got drafted by the Capitals and still hasn't actually played a game yet but he was the first Australian (laughs) ever to make the NHL so that's kind of a big deal but um, for this year's one they actually the promoters got Wayne Gretzky to come out and sort of be an ambassador to it so there's actually a fair bit of media about that here um, that Gretzky came out and I I would have loved to have gone to it um, because I went to it back in, I think, 2013, and I got to do, like, media, and I got to interview uh, a bunch of players. I got to touch a Stanley Cup ring, so it was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, the um, the fact that they got Gretzky out here, I think that he said it was the first time he'd ever been to Australia, so it was that was kind of the big deal for that.
1: Oh, that's – I mean, I met Tim Solani once in a mall, Pula Park Mall here in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> he autographed the sleeve of my winter jacket, which I nice. wore for much longer than I should have. We should be talking about so Bond James here, right? Bond
0: isn't playing ice hockey. He's uh,
1: <laughs> meeting we, we Jack's father from Lost, um, otherwise known as Felix. <laughs> but let's be honest. This is the most Canadian-looking Felix we've seen, too. <laughs> That's a thing, the Canadian-looking Felix. <laughs> he's got his windbreaker on. <laughs>
0: well, I've just rewatched he's Lost, looked- and I know Noah would right now be talking about Lost because he's obsessed with Lost. And, uh, yes, he's Jack's father. Um, yeah. as Felix Lider Do we talk about John Terry's Felix Lider I mean he doesn't really get much to do as Felix, not that anybody does, well, I think we established. We, we but...
1: talked about him when we when we mention potentially doing the Felix rankings episode, how high John Terry's gonna rank on ours, but I think that's the extent that we've ever mentioned him.
0: Because Bro- Brosnan, yeah, we establish he's the only Bond actor to not deal with Felix. Because Jack Whitaker should have been Felix. Yeah. Jack, Jack Whitaker?
1: Whitaker. <laughs> Brad Whitaker or Jack Wade, Which one? <laughs> I just call him Jack Whitaker. You may as well. It's just, <laughs> a... <laughs> just halfway in between. There he is right there. Felix. It's like when, when you're a kid and you say something wrong and somebody calls you. I was like, no, that's what I always call it. Seriously. <laughs> Do you think it's maybe okay. that was
0: part of why they didn't make him Felix? Because he was a villain and they didn't want a villain to then be iconic Felix?
1: Um. I, or maybe they wanted that continuity and they knew that Felix was going to have to lose a limb. If he was going to be back. <laughs> good call. Good call. Oh, here's some, some of the most awkward dialogue. She's like into playing the cello. Jesus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like we go quiet we just spent five minutes talking about ice hockey. We're back to like, talking about bond nothing to be said
1: like oh this is this is so great this movie is this is like um it, it, well you weren't there but the the doctor no episode whenever fancy british men would give speeches in a bond movie noah blacks out he doesn't remember what that happens that's what happens when we see uh very passionate cello playing in this. <laughs> Awkward silence, don't know what is. this. is.
0: This, now, this isn't the scene, it's at the end, isn't it, where we had the debate about the martinis, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, and we're going to get to that, <laughs> Mr. Listener. Who was it who, wasn't, who told
0: The one time we get a message and we listen to them like, oh, they
1: must be right. There are one time we've got a message and from we someone. we changed our votes and we, we should have fact-checked it first because our listener was wrong, dead wrong. <laughs>
0: um. We Just quickly, I, we probably mentioned this at the end of the film, but this we ranked this 13th overall out of all the Bond films. I don't know if we really mentioned Where this was yet. my ranking? <laughs> um, you had it 19th. Okay. So fairly decent. Noah and I, I think, had it at the same spot. No, I had it at How many were 14. lower from you? Uh, How many below you?
1: Which ones are lower than
0: Uh, View to a Kill, You Only Live Twice, Dimes Are Forever, Die Another Day, and License to Kill.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair.
0: So I had it at 14. I actually dropped it down 3 in our rankings episode. And Noah had it at 9. Noah has it wow. Up Skyfall. There you go.
1: Oh, come on, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the awkward scene. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: this the is the dr- worst acting Dalton has in yeah. the movie.
1: Oh, oh, I'm feeling so woozy. I've he's oh, He just starts speaking. Look, his eyes are crossed there. <laughs> I don't know about a cross-eyed bond. <laughs> dun, that dun, shot always dun. threw me off because you saw Necros, and when it cuts back, it's Koskopf. <laughs> so it's like, was he imagining Necros there? Why is,
0: like, we talk about the hair in this movie. Now he just looks like he's just put way, he's just gotten out of the shower. He's just got way too much wet hair there. And he's wearing a doctor's I'm going coat.
1: For that Miami Vice look. One movie too early. <laughs> Here's the other thing. There's so much of a big deal that was made about this Hercules aircraft at the time this movie came out. Is this something that's even impressive anymore when you watch a movie like we talked about like in the Doctor No commentaries and or even our original episodes that whenever these classic Bond movies Everything was special about it because you'd never seen these locations. You'd never seen a lot of the stunts. And at this point, I think it was still something that was a big deal. We have this airplane that most people have never seen. Is there any scenario where this... I'm not criticizing it. I think if you get into a Bond movie, it's still impressive. But is there any scenario where this is an attraction in 2016 for a movie? We have an airplane nobody's seen. Um,
0: I think it's probably harder now, isn't it? Because I guess... With the internet and the media and like, you know, I mean, they, they tried try to do that, didn't they? Inspector with the the Aston Martin that they what specifically made for for Bond, yeah. um, but but
1: like even with that movie, I don't remember a lot of people walking out saying that new Aston yeah. Martin that's gonna have a lot of talking.
0: Well, I guess like because we talked about the Jimmy saying something like Thunderball, like it was a big deal with underwater stuff and the Bahamas and that, and like, oh wow, I've never seen that before. Whereas, yeah, there's really, I mean. When was the last time you would have had a Bond film where you were like, ooh, that's pretty cool, like, I've never seen that before, An Invisible Car, perhaps? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I would say yeah. the
1: bungee, just because bungee jumping was a new thing, maybe the bungee jumping. Or parkour, maybe? Enough.
0: That was kind of newish, wasn't it, in the
1: mid-2000s? Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, though, I don't think a lot of people knew what it was at the time. They just said, oh, those are some cool stunts. But this is, like, at the time, this is a big deal. That's why half this movie revolves around one airplane.
0: Well, the Hercules, like, I mean, I know they're used in um, heaps of militaries. But, like, they're very big in Australia. Like, that's, I where all our Air Force ever used. Like, they're always talking about on the news. Uh, Royal Australian Air Force Hercules landed today. And, like, Hercules, Hercules. Just reminds me, what's it, um, Nutty Professor?
1: Hercules, Hercules. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although, looking here on the Wikipedia page, primary users, United States Air Force, United States Marine Corps, Royal Air Force, and the Royal Canadian Air Force.
1: Oh, really? We have an Air Force? (laughs) Isn't it the Royal Canadian Mounted Air Force? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We just ride on top of the airplanes here with our big mountie
0: hats (laughs) how well how well uh recruited is the canadian air force i mean you think about the great armies and air forces of the world i don't necessarily hear the canadian air force striking fear into many people
1: no (laughs) i mean i think there's certain things about canadian military we can be proud of and i'm not i'm not knocking the canadian air force just it's not exactly the largest branch of (laughs) our armed forces i do want to say for any of the people listening who don't know anything about Canada. There is this perception, we've mentioned Mounties, you mentioned Dudley Do-Right in the past yeah. episode. There's this perception that that's what our police officers are. Probably not for about a hundred years. Those are like only worn as ceremonial costumes, but everybody in the world is like, you guys got those Mounties with the big red hats. We're like, maybe in 1897. When
0: I was in Toronto uh, a few years ago, I was there sort of close to Christmas. I had the big Christmas Santa Parade. And um, that was the only time I've ever seen Mounties in person. That was that. And then yeah. when I was in Vancouver, uh, I went to the Mounties store. They had the Royal Canadian Mounted Police store. And um, I nearly bought a RMCP or RC, whatever the initials are. RCMP. Uh, that's it. I nearly bought a T-shirt. Because I, I kind of like police sort of, I mean, I'm big on the NYPD Um just because obsessions come from TV shows, as they do in Australia, um, and I, when I was in New York, I actually went up to an NYPD officer to get my photo taken with him. So <laughs> I was one of those guys.
1: Um, but no, I just, yeah. in a way, I wish that we had real Mounties because I remember when we were in the Bahamas, they have armed guards that are just like on every street corner. If you go into a McDonald's, there's an armed guard, and there's just <laughs> something. I think there's something. Like even these guys with the white hat, there, like that looks cool. And in reality, our RCMP, it's basically they just have like jurisdiction outside the city. That's so your federal we, police, right? That's a... basically your FBI. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we grew up on a farm for the first couple of years. We didn't even have indoor plumbing, but occasionally you would see these RCMP out driving the roads and they just drive police cars. Their uniforms look like regular police uniforms, but I kind of like like the uniforms, even these so- Soviet uniforms. Mm. They're pretty sweet, let's be honest. If we could all dress a little bit more like a Soviet soldier. The world would be better. In Soviet
0: Russia, you'll dress like this because we're good.
1: Yeah. But, you
0: know, that's I mean, like, I mean, with the NYPD, they're so iconic in so many things. Like, when you're actually in New York and you see them, you're kind of like, oh, cool, they're real.
1: Like...
0: Yeah. And you see, like, just an NYPD car driving down the street. You're like, wow. Like, you know... Where's Dennis Franz? Come on. <laughs> we're in Australia. Like, our cops, I mean... <laughs> We don't really have the best uniforms in Australia, but... um,
1: Don't you just have, like, Hemsworths on surfboards? Yeah, yeah.
0: Our cops just walk around in Speedos. Mate, don't do that. (laughs) All right, sorry, Cobb, no worries. that's, That's law in Australia. We're very laid back. Mate, don't shoot someone. Oh, sorry, all right, I'll put the gun down. All right, good. Have a beer.
1: I, I like this uh, prison guard too. This guy's pretty great.
0: Well, speaking of jugs, um, we've got another pair. In yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. I do. I love this whole thing. I love it. Like,
1: I didn't tell you to get down. I didn't tell you to get up either. <laughs> He's such an <laughs> he asshole. He has so much fun with it too. Like his maniacal laughing. I gotta turn this one up a bit. He's not the best actor. Shout all you want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's such a prick. <laughs> I love We're how he just does whistle.
1: <laughs> yeah. When I put my four and a half month old son to bed every night, there's a couple of little songs I'll hum for him. Occasionally I'll do a Bond theme Mission Impossible, but he loves that I don't even know what you call that song, the um, okay. you know, Yeah. Yeah. He loves that song. i will put him to bed every night. <laughs> well, clearly, I mean it works. I love the fact that Bond nearly <laughs> gets killed by like a receipt prick or whatever those things are called, like I love that this is the only movie where Bond fights back by basically attacking a at man's nostrils. <laughs> and how the hell does she knock out a guy with a metal waste
0: paper basket which she barely even hits him <laughs> on the head with? Soviet guards. Soviet guards seriously suck. Yeah. <laughs> Bond fights. <somebody laughs> <the
1: shit>. Somersault. <laughs> oh, that's got to hurt. His exaggerated screams too, ah! <laughs> Time to let Bin Laden out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. It is funny though, because this was the time where the world, because you know Russia had invaded, the world was rooting for these mercenaries living in the desert. <laughs> Who do they grow up to be? It's just so like, <laughs> I mean, clearly, like in 1987,
0: you had no idea. But, like, I mean, again, like we joke about, yeah. like, we have no idea who's going to be that way in 20 years. But, I mean, I've been watching um, a lot of this. Uh, Australian people know that Chasers have uh, been watching a lot of their old stuff, sort of from the early 2000s. And it's kind of just, you know, they do a lot of satire of the media and the over sort of hype of like how everything's to do with terrorism and everything, blame everything on Al Qaeda. And yeah. obviously now, in again, to date this, 2016, it's like you barely hear of Al-Qaeda or the Taliban now. It's all ISIS or ISIL and all that sort of stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, who's next? Like, are the Royal Canadian Mounted Police are going to become a yeah. faction <laughs> and start to blow we up We are people? the
1: terrorists of the future.
0: We've <laughs> <Still laughs> being put in these costumes.
1: Dudley Do-Right's <laughs> going to be the next Bin line. We us do a commentary of Dudley Do-Right now. <laughs> I have never seen that movie. How are you uh, Canadian and never seen Dudley Do-Right? <laughs> because, as I said, it's like the most ridiculous stereotype of Canadians ever. Canadians look at that it like, I've never seen one of these guys before. What's the, with the red hat? <laughs> it's
0: such like a cheesy, over-the-top kids movie, but there's just something about it. I mean, like, you would have seen George of the Jungle, surely. Like, I know, i yeah, sure you understand course. Brendan yeah. Fraser's acting abilities in the 90s. <laughs> but, I mean, there's just something about it that's just so... Over the, t- it's just basically a live-action cartoon. I mean, I know Dudley Do Right was a cartoon, but was, yeah,
1: um, it's just, it's well, you just know, something about it. One of these days, we can just do random non-bond commentaries, <laughs> and it'll be between Leslie Nielsen as Mr. Magoo, <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser as Dudley Do Right. <laughs> Have you ever Brandon seen? As there's the actually
0: a movie that I absolutely love, and I think it was John Candy's last ever film, Canadian Bacon. Tell me you've seen that.
1: Yeah, that is a yeah, good I've film. Seen that. And that—that's a movie that's playing up on Canadian stereotypes, yes. but it's a satire, so it makes sense. And the only—the w-
0: only non-documentary film Michael Moore ever made. That's right. I love it. I was randomly on TV one time, and I
1: just—you
0: know—I've always loved Canada. I just love the fact that you've got this president that basically is sucks in the approval ratings, because he hasn't got a war, so they c- create a fake cold war with Canada,
1: <laughs> which we know would really work. <laughs>
0: I think though you guys might have the upper hand now. That what's his name Trudeau is so popular.
1: He gets um, so much media well, here. You have no idea. Like Australians are it. obsessed with him because they think he's so hot. I mean, he gets a lot of media here, but it's a little bit more divided. I guess is he
0: actually liked, we're, or we're, is it just because he's hot?
1: <laughs> um, no. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's probably a bit of both, but <laughs> it, it's it's it's. I think it's different here because. We haven't really had, now we're getting off Bond again, but... Oh, he's <laughs> just joined the Taliban, people, all right? So- just just remember, he's joined the Taliban right now. Yeah. Justin Trudeau has joined the Taliban? Is that what <laughs> I didn't say it. I don't want the Mounties coming after me. <laughs> I think the fact that, like, we haven't had a second-generation politician before, and his father has kind of... Even though his father had terrible approval ratings his entire uh duration in office his father's gone on to become like the most popular prime minister at least of like the last 50 years so there's it's almost like george w bush coming in after george bush (laughs) senior if george bush senior had been popular
0: (laughs) and at the end of the day he's better than harper right didn't everyone hate harper
1: um yeah i mean i i probably would have picked harper over trudeau just because he had a bit more experience but uh and he wasn't i mean if i if i had to If I I had to stare at one of them shirtless for a while, it wouldn't be (laughs) Harper.
0: I just love the fact that, like, I I think there was something the other day that Trudeau must have done, and it was just all over, oh, the sexy Canadian Prime Minister's at it again, and then I've got people on my Facebook feed who I've never heard talk about Canada in my life, like, I love this man! And I'm like, seriously? (laughs) He gets more attention there than he gets here. (laughs) Well, he gets more attention than our Prime Minister, I swear. Well, I mean, that's when our Prime Minister's not, like, changing every week, so... I was gonna say, who's your prime minister in October? I don't know. I haven't checked the news in the last five minutes. It's probably been about three changes since I last looked. Anyway, Bond's in the Taliban.
1: Yeah. Now I, I'm gonna say this. That's a nice around... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that Bond's got his pants pulled up to his nipples. <laughs> it's the '80s. That's the fashion. I think every bond movie has either a better first half or a better second half. Some of them are pretty even this one. I think the first half is infinitely better than the second half. I don't really find, I don't find a lot to dislike about this section of the movie, but I don't find a lot to like here either. It's not the whole terrorist stuff. It's not, you know, bond smiling too much. It's just, I don't find the story is flowing natural here. it, it it's hard to even figure out what's going on in the story right now. Why is Bond joining with these mercenaries in the desert? I will say, I I probably would agree with
0: you to a point, uh, because I I think, I remember watching this for the first time but I had a friend who used to um, in high school, we used to sort of hang out a lot and um, that's when I had friends, I don't know what it's like anymore but um... (laughs) He was a big Bond. Now he
1: talk to Canadians about Dudley Dupont. Exactly. That's, that's
0: how I make my friends because I, I sympathize with the Canadians <laughs> for some reason. But uh, we used to watch Bond movies a lot because uh, we just spent most of our days playing Goldeneye and talking about James Bond. Um, and I remember one time watching this movie and I think like I fell asleep because I don't know, we were watching it at, like two o'clock in the morning and I woke up and then there's a whole bit like them in the desert and on the plane and i said sort of like, oh, you put on a different movie, did you? And it's like, no, no, it's still Living Daylight. <laughs> like, oh, right. Okay.
1: It feels like a different movie. Yeah. And part of that, I'll lay part of the blame on the fact that we don't have a real villain in this movie. Whenever I've in the past done like rankings of the villains, Whitaker's almost forgotten. Because he's not even a real villain. As he I mean, is be. Kostoff the villain in this? Is Whitaker the villain? I mean, Jack Wade is probably going to be a better. Jack Wade's more memorable and more never dies than Whittaker is in this entire movie. Saunders is and the villain of this movie. Saunders, Saunders would make a better villain than Whittaker would. But it definitely hurts that it doesn't have a decent villain. And I'm struggling to think of another Bond movie. I think Kamal Khan and Octopussy had a, a role, probably about the same size in screen time. And it, there was also confusion there because, like, is Octopussy the villain? Is Khan the villain? Is what's the Russian guy's name in that? Um, yeah. Is he the villain? But the so difference good. is the guy that played Khan had so much more charisma than Jodon Baker here.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it was funny. I was, um, when I was sort of pulling up things for this to do this commentary uh it came up with i don't know some some blogger must have done a big you know rankings of all the bond films last year in the lead up to specter and he sort of led with the living daylights he's like remember that bond film with the plane at the end and the cello beat, the one that you can never remember the name of yeah the living daylight <laughs> well
1: that's the other funny thing because if you ask people what's the climax of Goldfinger. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, a fight in Fort Knox, a bomb going off. What's the climax of Goldeneye, a fight on a satellite dish? What's the climax of Die Another Day? Even if they hate it, they're going to be like uh, an airplane you know being blown up by a satellite diamond weapon from the sky. Hmm. If you ask people what's the climax of Living Daylights? they're probably going to say, oh, yeah, it was Bond hanging out of the back of an airplane. You completely forget that the climax of this movie is basically a tiny gunfight surrounding a model... Battlefield. I do just have to quickly
0: say, I love the fact that the getting bashed by a chick with a pillow right now. I mean, they're moments away from talking about boys and practising making out with each other. Um,
1: <laughs> but and There's the awkward smile.
0: I do... I mean, one thing I do love about the Dalton films, both of them, I think they've both got great climaxes. I, I think you were against the trucks in License to Kill. I mean, you get everything in that movie, I guess. Yeah. But I, I do love the climaxes. I, I like the truck chase better than I do in this film, but... Um, yeah, I, I st- like. I, I agree with definitely the second half because there. Are, I mean, there are still large parts of this movie. I mean, again, I've seen this a lot more than a lot of the Roger Moore ones and all that sort of stuff. But I still struggle sometimes to watch. This, like, I don't remember this bit. I don't remember them riding off into the sunset <laughs> on horses with the Taliban.
1: <laughs> like, which, by the way, when I saw Ramble Three for the first time, this section of the movie is basically the entire second half of Ramble Three. It is exactly the same.
0: Bond wearing a turban. <laughs> Sorry, he did it in Fire love me. <laughs> Something about not mocking turbans—they're great, but like Bond assimilating well, with the natural culture. I mean, I guess he wears a Hawaiian shirt and die another day in Cuba. So, um...
1: well, let's also not forget there were two movies removed from Bond dressed as a clown. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Just wanted to drive around. Alakbar, like Akbar, like Bond. I like Akbar. <laughs> I also don't know if I like Bond on camel or horseback or whatever. It's Well well we need the horsey going over a cliff, like <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um they, we should mention, I guess, in actually talking about the film and everything, I don't know if we talked about it in our episode that we did, but um, the Red Cross, they see a lot of the Red Cross symbol here. They were very uh, pissed off that they used their symbol in this film. <laughs> I don't know if they sued them or something, but they there might have even been an apology that they put at the beginning of the film, like sort of a view to a kill writing, which um, I don't—I um, wasn't in my version right now, but yeah, they weren't happy.
1: I, there's nothing on the beginning of this there's some but, trivia for you see we're not just <laughs> necessarily talking about that and they're like you know what if the red cross was really going to smuggle heroin we would not do it like this i love how like people do that is that a real thing can you lick drugs like that and be like it's raw <laughs> opium <laughs> like... again I, I mentioned last in the last episode i'm re-watching the lethal weapon series and the first lethal weapon movie mel gibson does the same thing and i'm watching that i'm like Is that going to do anything? Like, how do you tell the difference? So there are a lot of people. It's like I know what you know. Heroin tastes like licked, or I know what cocaine tastes like licked. I mean, like, I guess the smell of marijuana is pretty distinct, but like, that's probably the only one I would know. Like, I'm not gonna see powder. Oh, that's definitely cocaine. (laughs) That's they have to do something. They can't be sniffing cocaine. Well, it might be more effective (laughs) if they did to identify it.
0: (laughs) Bond stone, bond off his chops.
1: Awkward time. Oh, cheese <laughs> oh, Sorry. We
0: got a dog joining us. Hello.
1: <laughs> Breaking the silence with a dog. Woof. You know what's amazing is that we've done three or four podcasts, and I think my wife has sneezed in the background of every single one of them. <laughs> is she? Is she? Is that was that her sneezing? Yeah, that was her sneezing. I it was a dog. I, mean, you know, I don't know if you've been on with the cheese. <laughs> no, I honestly, I, I, like, I didn't know you had a dog. <laughs> Well, you're definitely not sleeping on that couch when you come to Winnipeg now. <laughs> I to say, I'm allergic to dogs. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> you're allergic to a sneezing Canadian <laughs> Wow, Jamie. Uh. I love that he's... Here, Bond has to cover... I'm going to cover my face because he'll recognize me. Not like the very distinct blue eyes among an Arab or the pale white skin among an Arab. In fact, you're British. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, you got a Cosby sweater. Stick.
0: I want him to put on the accent. Oh, hello. I am Arabic. <laughs> I speak English. I like Taliban. Allah Akbar.
1: <laughs> Death to America. Yeah, I mean, there's really just a whole lot of nothing going on
0: here. <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> to break the silence. Like, I mean, it's you know, it's the desert. But there's something about desert locations that kind of always. Are cool
1: yeah that's why every Indiana Jones movie looks exactly the same but every Indiana Jones movie looks fantastic
0: and that's why you all want to go to Moss Eisley yeah <laughs> source of treachery and whatever that line is <laughs> uh, a wretched hive of
1: scum and villain that's the one yeah
0: coming up soon on our Star Wars commentary <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be fun stop oh. putting ideas in our heads ben yeah.
1: <laughs> who are you blaming right now <laughs> all right stop the movie stop starting up you. with star wars episode four a new hope ben has voices in his head right now that he's telling to shut up
0: <laughs> stop saying that you See, stop saying that. You stop, know... saying that you stop saying that
1: i complain about this and again uh, my complaints are a lot to do with just bond fans i think having the wrong idea about this movie. Bond is not a merciless killer in this movie. He kills fewer people in this movie than pretty much we did the kill count. Fewer people in this movie than any other movie he had. Certainly more than like anybody who followed, or less than anybody who followed. I think that this is the only movie where the Bond girl holds a gun for longer than <laughs> Bond does. Five people he kills in this movie, apparently. Well, we're a couple of minutes away from Bond having a chance to just blow away a bunch of evil Russian heroin smugglers... And instead, he decides to fire his gun in the air. Like all he does is avoid shooting people in this movie. So how is Timothy Dalton this hard-boiled killer? Well, I- I'm going to go
0: out on a limb here, Colin, and I'm going to blame um, James Bond for September 11 because he could have destroyed the Taliban like right now. This is it, done, over and done with. Something i going to say it was another like
1: I'm going to say is another part of the AIDS scare. It's like, well, you know, the AIDS scare. The AIDS he caused is AIDS. He caused September 11. <laughs> he he killed Dalton Kenny. Don't think it's He made The Beautician and the Beast. This man needs to be stopped. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Dalton.
0: (laughs) Seriously, if you haven't seen The Beautician and the Beast, go and watch it. Um, I have. It's a substandard film.
1: (laughs) I I did mention I love Timothy Dalton in Hot Fuzz. Um, I'm also a big Doctor Who fan, and one of the biggest surprises ever... On Doctor Who, at least the new series, he's like an orphan, everybody else on his home world was killed, and they bring back his the Time Lords from the Doctor's home planet, and that was something, that alone was like, you never expected to see it on the series, it's hard to get surprised on TV shows, but then the fact that you hear this narration through the entire episode, I'm like, it almost sounds like Timothy Dalton, and then you see this, like, the the the, the main Time Lord turn around, at the reveal at the end of the episode, and it's Timothy Dalton, dressed as like a time-traveling spaceman, it was just amazing, <laughs>
0: I'm just reading through his film credits, and the fact that uh, he has played Mr. Pricklepants more than he played James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> he was Mr. Pricklepants in Toy Story Three. Mr. Pricklepants in the short film Hawaiian Vacation. Mr. Pricklepants in the short film Miss, uh, Small Fry, and most iconic Mr. Pricklepants in the short film Party Rex.
1: Oh, he wasn't
0: in Toy Story of Terror? Uh, No, he was. Yes, hang on. I'm still scrolling down here. Oh, there we go. He was also in Toy Story That Time Forgot. Uh, Oh, nice. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And I'm just reading here that he's a fan of Manchester City. Boo. Uh, (laughs) Dalton is a Manchester City FC supporter and is often seen at the city of Manchester Stadium to watch the team play. Good on you.
1: (laughs) Bet you also a fan of the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, here we go. Bond. I'm going to hit somebody with a gun, kick them in an airplane, and then fire in the air. (laughs) He could be killing them all right now. Like, you could be stopping Russia and the (laughs) Taliban, and what do you do? You fire at Jeeps in the air. He hates Jeeps. He killed more birds in this movie than he killed people. He
0: hates Jeeps completely. (laughs) I don't know if you've got those ads over there, the I bought a Jeep ads, but... um... I is killed. Did that one too? <laughs> no, it's just, it's just this is his ad that the whole thing is. I bought a Jeep. Or he bought a Jeep. That's all they say in them.
1: Um... Oh, now why can't he drive that house? Come on, look at this! <laughs> <He got laughs> guy showering more boom. They're in the um... middle of like the biggest. <laughs> You know, smuggling operation that they've ever had, and a couple of guys like you know, I'm feeling a little bit sticky. I think I better take a shower. <laughs> now this is now. I say I will like the plane stuff here. I just I, I take issue with the fact that Bond really doesn't do anything in it. He flies a plane, <laughs> <laughs> and he takes out one guy.
0: Yeah, he only kills five people in this, and it kind of seems, because I remember watching this bit, and it's just kind of like, the amount of things he blows up, and I guess we sort of had the rule, didn't we, that you had to see the deaths, because, I mean, yeah. there are plenty of times he blows stuff up, a la the hangar sequence in uh, Octopussy, uh, that, you know, we mm-hmm. don't know how many people actually die, but...
1: Or if it was by his hand, or is it a mistake?
0: It's always a mistake. James Bond's innocent.
1: Look at this. He he doesn't even know how to take the brakes off. Dalton was
0: in a movie before The Beautician and the Beast called Saltwater Moose. What? And then was in a movie uh, in 1993 called Naked in New York. And a movie called The King's Whore. (laughs) Wow. This is this is a that's a long term goal for us, isn't it? To go through each James Bond actor's uh, filmography. <laughs> oh.
1: when we get to Zardoz, that's going to be the
0: day. <laughs> Starting with 1968's *The Lion in Winter*, to which Timothy
1: Dalton played Philip II. He was in *Wuthering I Heights*. I saw that movie. Yeah. I did see that movie. He's in *Flash Gordon*. Uh, I did see *Flash Gordon* too. Was he in that?
0: He was uh, Prince Baron in *Flash Gordon*. Ah. Uh. Hmm.
1: I don't remember. I remember the line of Winter because I think it was like 19 years old or something.
0: Currently filming the death of Stalin. (laughs) Again, we so he
1: he can't put away the Taliban, he can't put away (laughs) evil Russians, but in his old age, he can put away Stalin. I'm pretty happy though that actually, finally, on his Wikipedia page, they've actually
0: discovered what year he was born, Uh, because it used to say like Timothy Dalton, born in either 42 or 44. Now it says born twenty first of March nineteen forty four. So they actually have worked it out.
1: (laughs) Oh, he was born only two days before me. Well, Well, (laughs) two days in a couple of decades, I guess. (laughs) He was born three days after me. (laughs) You also can't figure out our ages on IMDb.
0: Yeah, we don't have ages. Podcast hosts never age.
1: (laughs) We are immortal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that guy kills more people than Bond in this movie. Love him, he's just trying to <laughs> start Mustang his car, and
0: he's just, oh, I'll just turn around and shoot someone. <laughs> now, see, this isn't an accurate depiction of uh, the Taliban. They're not on suicide horses. That's
1: right, they're on airplanes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wait, uh, awkward. <laughs> How'd they be if they flew a plane into a building? <laughs> it's not time well, to see, joke. This bed. was it's the trial run
1: here. It didn't go so well in the Hercules. They have to scale it down. You are making 911. This is, go- this is highly inappropriate. <laughs> this is where they get the idea from. Sound me like,
0: remember that great movie where James Bond joined us? He flew a plane. I have an idea with that, infidels. Let's speak about this.
1: Oh. <laughs> There's the jeep that Bond was firing furiously
0: at. <laughs> you have to stop him! No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> and here's God that day, on like, the yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the windshield guy. <laughs> it's like he could have just jumped up, but it just yes, he's over dramatic with it. I'm gonna stop you. <laughs> he uses the windshield wipers to knock him off. That made him big in Russia. He like went on to be Russia's James Bond. Oh, the way you'll jump on. He the had car. his old
1: poster like Davidoff. <laughs> that was Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Oh, that's some good acting, James. Like he's got, and he turns around, like he's hearing her over the roar of the Hercules aircraft engines. She says, "James." What's more realistic, James or James? <laughs> How is anybody here with the roar of these engines? And he doesn't even—he's not even looking at Necros right now. The Hercules is a very oh, quiet. <laughs> Can we just say for his? He's like, can we just say for his sign language there? I love how Bud rolls his eyes like, oh,
0: typical woman doesn't understand me. And this yeah. is like, oh, I understand. <laughs> Try faster. Why can't you accelerate faster? Now, if only there were like Ferraris and sports cars falling out the back right
1: now. Looks like we're going down together. Oh, oh no i already have to deal with smiling dalton at least we're gonna die rich <laughs> that is obviously the reference in die another day i think yeah is there another uh i always thought that the um uh the, the airplane in quantum of solace was a bit of a, a callback to this too mm. but i mean I think that might be the only other time that a Dalton movie is referenced. I did read that there was one in every movie. I don't know what the license to kill moment there is. There was in Dynamite I think
0: 8. when we I I did pull up that list one point, um but some of the references are like completely stupid. Like I think um yeah. The World Is Not Enough is the sprinklers go off just like they did in The World <laughs> Is Not Enough. <laughs>
1: Like, well, I guess you could say the, the whole checking into the hotel thing is similar in Die Another Day. My usual room. Hmm. a bomb! See, this could be the climax of the movie, so why are we wasting the model train set or whatever they have at the
0: end? I always thought that this was the, the climax. I always forget that there is... That's
1: what I was saying, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, that's a problem with this movie. Because and, and I know... You could say, oh, it's like a bonus scene. It's not the bonus scene. Like, you know, For Russia With Love has Rosa Klebb as a bonus scene. Live and Let Die has Baron Samdi and Teehee on the train bonus scene. It's not even a bonus scene. It, it still is part of the climax. It's just, it's a huge mistake. And Bond doesn't. There is an attractive face.
0: Bond doesn't actually get to see Whittaker, does he, until that scene? It's like, oh, we've been waiting this whole movie for the two people to come together yeah. that have never met before.
1: Every fan of Bond was just sitting there was like, I want that iconic moment. (laughs) I want the Goldfinger Bond meeting, and what they get is Whitaker and Bond and the the models.
0: I love how planes have to have a thing that says down.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, the guys who pilot this need a reminder every once in a while. (laughs) I know
0: my car has a thing when I turn the steering wheel left it says left.
1: (laughs) Now, I I know this is, again, inside the Living Daylights documentary, but this is one of the better moments when you know the real story. I think the first time I saw this movie, I don't know if I was as impressed until I saw the documentary and realized that half of the footage you're seeing here is the plane or the, the net out of control and a guy almost dying.
0: Yeah, I was going to say they really did this, didn't they? Yeah. And Dalton like did... Was well, that Dalton? No, because Dalton did a lot of his own stunts, no. but I'm guessing that wasn't Dalton.
1: <laughs> yeah, like this is a soundstage somewhere, you know, uh, the the... Uh, um, cubby broccoli soundstage or whatever, but like this, they they hung them out of a real airplane. You can tell, you can always tell when the jackets are puffed up in the back too. They got those parachutes. I mean, like, I I, I commend
0: stunt men and women for going into their profession because who's like, I really want to dangle out the back of a plane and hang onto a net and probably die if it fucks up.
1: Well, and this is, I'm going to be defending Living Daylights here, this is where I think this movie deserves a little more credit for having a crazy stunt like this. You know, everybody went nuts over Mission Impossible Rogue Nation when Tom Cruise was doing basically the same thing here, except he was hanging on the side of an airplane. And granted, it's going to be more impressive when Tom Cruise himself is doing the stunt. They've got all these media people there to film it, but... You got two stunt guys hanging on the back of it and the stunt goes wrong and we see it on film mm. and it's nothing that's really that remember. I mean, people remember this is, like you said, the, this is what they think the climax is, but people aren't usually like, Oh, the stunt. It's, it's almost as good as the, the crocodiles, but this is crazy what these guys are doing, especially once Necros falls off here and it goes out of control. That's like this. That, that must have been the scariest thing that ever happened in a Bond movie outside of the, you know, the stunt men who got hit by the train or fell off the train in Octopussy, I guess.
0: And of course, I mean in Die Another Day they really did throw planes out the back, uh, cars out the back and the helicopter really yeah. did um just get saved at the last moment. What do what does people honestly in those situations think like does he really yeah. honestly think? Oh he said no, I
1: better not yeah, top please. him off. <laughs> and what is the, the, the fetish with shoes in this movie that Koskoff just sticks his hand in shoes for no reasons, Necros dies by you know Holding on to the shoe. There's a lot of shoe action in this movie. One thing I've got to say that
0: there's got to be a one-liner there, like yeah, should have come on to your the boot other... straps. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, see you later, old buddy.
1: Can you figure out a, a Living Daylights line to go along with boots? <laughs>
0: should have held on more with the Living Daylights.
1: <laughs> oh, <Don't>...
0: Roger Moore. <laughs> I believe you should have held on a little bit longer there, fellow. <laughs> shoo! Shoo! <laughs> Thought I dropped you, eh?
1: Thought I double-knotted you, <laughs> He didn't have a lot of shoes. <laughs> this is kind of... I will say, this is kind of funny that he goes through all that and all of a sudden he hears the beeping. He's like, oh, I knew there was someone I was forgetting. <laughs> he rolls his eyes like...
0: <laughs> Can she actually now, fly a plane Or I, did we just miss the bit where Oh this is it, we're going to September 11 reference <laughs> oh, <on>. Too soon <laughs> There's a point of some of guys watching this Hey, I have an
1: idea <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to talk to somebody at the time I mean, I doubt there were people back in 1987 Who were still so into the Bond series That they were like Oh well, let's uh, analyze if it was too soon to have another plane climax. But again, like this is only one movie in between Octopussy and this, and two movies have like this near plane crash with plane stunts hanging out of the back of a plane. I wonder if this maybe was less impressive because Octopussy had already done it.
0: I just realized, and uh, we keep saying nineteen eighty-seven. This movie was released the year I was born. I mean, I didn't know that. <laughs> like,
1: so this movie was released <laughs> in June, so I was. Three months old when this movie came out. I that's I think I was three months old when For Your Eyes Only came out. Oh, well, there we go. Look at that. Everybody needs to be three months old when a
0: Bond movie comes out. <laughs> well, I would I would seriously love to hear from somebody if there was anybody out there who was born on the day a Bond film premiered. Yeah, that's kind of cool if you're a Bond fan at least. Now, this is weird there we is debated a, uh... this, didn't we? About if he because he killed.
1: Yeah, if that's a kill.
0: Yeah. Was there, and I think we there's debated a, how many were there, two or three.
1: Wow, how many people fit in? Uh, how <laughs> many people fit in one of those?
0: Well, as as a tank expert that I am, yeah.
1: <sighs> uh, there's there's something I looked up recently where you can look up you know what the number one movie was the week you were born and everything and the the day that I was born, the Omen Three was the number one movie, which starred uh, Sam Neill, one of our favorite actors oh, here, Alan Grant, almost a Bond.
0: I love. I I will love Sam Neil to the day I die. Played character in my favorite movie of all time. That sounds like an interesting. Oh, let's 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 look that up. How do I Google that? Number one movie on your birthday. Here we go. I think yeah. I did this once with the,
1: like the song. Playback. Yeah, I can't even remember what the number one song. Playback FM. Playback dot. No, I do remember. <laughs> uh, number one song the day I was born was "Funky Town" by Lip Sync.
0: Jesus, how old are you?
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same age, just for your eyes only.
0: <laughs> the number one
1: movie... Disco officially died six years before Ben was born. <laughs> Here we go. The number one movie the
0: day I was born was Lethal Weapon. Uh- <laughs> oh, nice. Admission was $3.91. Here we go. Find my number one song instead. Here we go. This is, again, we're into the Bond film that we're watching.
1: Seriously, people... <laughs> else get a song on? If if
0: people are listening to any podcast we've ever produced, particularly the commentaries, if you've listened to any of our... Like, seriously, if you actually think it's a stay-on-topic, go listen to another podcast. Go listen to Spectre, etc. Like, Yeah. (laughs) uh, The number one song on the day I was born was Jacob's Ladder by Huey Lewis and the News. How old are you? (laughs) Want to know what song you were conceived to. Oh, God, this is scary. On My Own by Patti LaBelle and
1: Michael (laughs) McDonald. Your bond connection. What about me?
0: Uh, <laughs> what do, what do I have to go? What what's your March the what?
1: March twenty third,
0: eighty one. Yeah, you're old. Huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's like six years difference. The number one song apparently
0: for you was "Keep On Loving You" by Ario Speedwagon.
1: Ah, that's what I was conceived. Of. Oh no, that was a
0: casino. Conce- oh, hang on, I'm gonna go nine months before that. Yeah. So what would that be like, June? Is
1: that weird? Because it feels like (laughs) Ario Speedwagon should be a little bit more recent than Lips Inc. Funky Town. Town.
0: I think you... I don't know how this works because apparently the song you were conceived to was Funky Town by Lips Inc. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that explains why it's still, like, older. Your parents are getting down to Won't you take me to our funky town?
1: Oh, no, here's another debated thing: whether this is a good one line, of like, oh, we can still get breakfast or whatever. I what like said it. it. I think it. I don't. Good. And now our climax. Ooh. Oh boy. Ooh.
0: The epic showdown that we've all been waiting for.
1: Bond. <laughs> There's the the John Glenn bird. <laughs> John Glenn Bird.
0: <gasps> Bond versus. Like, okay.
1: Will license to kill where was the burden license to kill they had the blinking fish instead yeah (laughs) they substituted it it's all you need is a blinking fish
0: all you need is blinking fish now were these
1: actual statues
0: or did they just get actors to stand very still
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i think they're all supposed to be made to look like jodan baker (laughs) Those are all the rejected looks for Felix in GoldenEye. Including Hitler. <laughs> I love the but, like, that a how is, is he's playing, playing with a toys. <laughs> I just want a climax to a Bond movie. be Bond walking in on the villain playing slot cars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or a Goldfinger walks in. Wee, I'm playing with my Matchbox cars. Woo. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Why is he tucking his hat underneath the strap on his arm, too? Because that's what the ladies like. That, that was the style at the time. <laughs> it's an 80s thing.
0: Again, the decade that anything can be explained by simply yeah. saying it was the 80s. <gasps> I'll help you out the in, in eight years' The decade
1: where <laughs> chest hair was the, the new cleavage. <laughs> well,
0: cleavage is the new cleavage in a lot of this film. <laughs> The Americans.
1: I love how says, Americans. Americans. <laughs> that's, that's, there are times where he's a bit too Shakespearean in these movies. <laughs> to be to, or not to be Bond. <sighs> Look, this is the climax of the movie. A man playing with toys... And then a gunfight that lasts, about 30 seconds?
0: Yeah, I, I will say that this is shit. <laughs> this is not, <laughs> like... They should have just ended... Like, that would have been perfect for an end of a Bond film. Like, the plane, land. I know a great restaurant in Karachi. Like, that. that's <laughs> a, perfect. Roll credits. You don't need
1: to add anything more to that. And why is Bond, like, oh, how am I ever going to shoot him? Shoot him in the groin. Come on, you've got a thousand other places. I'm pretty sure he'll drop the gun if you hit him in the kneecap. Just shoot him in the dick. <laughs> Why is he laughing like a little, like, woo-hoo. Yeah, exactly. There's so much weird giggling with the villains in this and smiling with Bond. Like, this is such an overly cheerful movie for the dark Bond.
0: Oh, I'm just, this is just seriously the greatest Bond fight ever. The epic battle <laughs> Whitaker and Bond. Who will prevail? The greatest
1: jeopardy to Bond's life was a toy soldier.
0: <laughs> we need Martika coming in right now.
1: Step by step. Old buddy. <laughs> That's not even funny. <laughs> old man. I'm going to
0: blow the living daylight out of you.
1: When the old buddy comes up, couldn't they have another, is that what you boys in Smurfs call each other? <laughs> Look at it. Vaughn wins the fight by whistling.
0: <laughs> oh, and the poignant Waterloo. <laughs>
1: Look at this. Bond doesn't even kill that guy.
0: And we have the Trump. Uh, I'm room.
1: weeks away from meeting this
0: man. What are you going to say to him? <laughs> the first question you asked him What were you thinking when you walked in on James Bond playing toys? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just want. If I can pay him 30 bucks to say. When I listen to the internet I listen to r 7. Only 30s and you go to 50. Didn't work in the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah, 50 was for the guard at the Ocean
0: Club. Reese Davies gets 30. <laughs> if you get him to say that, if you honestly get him to say that, you win the podcast. <laughs> yeah. you, you are the winner. <laughs> we haven't tweeted anyone in this episode. Hang on. No, actually no. Oh. We won't tweet anyone because that's your goal. That's to get
1: him to say that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Or I'll tweet him right now Saying I got 30 bucks for you For the C4 Comic Con If you endorse 007 That's where he
0: has to reply with Canadian or American
1: (laughs) (laughs) And reply be like New Zealand (laughs) Oh wait we gotta see This is where we have to uh, We have to prove our listener wrong That they do not have the martinis in the end (laughs)
0: This is all we've been building up for The only reason we did this film
1: To (laughs) prove our
0: listener wrong This
1: was not a random draw It was all just to prove our listeners wrong So basically if people have
0: no idea what we're talking about I mean seriously we have like five listeners Everyone knows what we're talking about But like All five have listened to every episode, but um, if you stumbled across this for some reason, Spectre, etc., wasn't downloading, so you thought, oh, 007, that looks good. Uh, we, we do the martini count, the uh, sex count, the kill count, and uh, the Bond James Bond count every movie. And in this movie, we, uh, I think, initially said there was only two martinis that he has in this film, but Noah argued that at the end there's a martini glass in the background. And that that should count. And then one of our five listeners messaged in and said, yes, that should count. That's definitely there. So we caved and said, oh, we'll listen to our listener. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: how informed we are here. But listen, the scene is coming up here. And then when I rewatched this scene, it was probably only like days after we agreed to it. I, I, I was watching for the martinis. And not only did they go nowhere near them, but I swear, we'll confirm it here, they're on the other side of the room, so I don't think it counts.
0: <laughs> and this is—we should mention this is the last Gogol appearance, isn't it?
1: I think we need another Gogol. I, I know that they—they they wanted to set up uh, Michael Madsen and Die Another Day, that he was going to be kind of Gogol-like character. You know, maybe he's an adversary, maybe he's an ally. He's a bit of both, and you see him every time. I don't think it works with Michael Madsen in a Bond movie, but I, I think the new series can could use somebody like Gogol I Mister mean, White. I guess, was kind of that character, but different. But I want a character, like, somebody who's like an M. I like that idea. That works. Okay, here we go. Where's the martini here? I love that she's the only one who gets a world tour. Like, what makes her famous? Yeah, she plays a cello. Like, is that a thing in Austria? Like, Yeah. It doesn't even... There's two glasses. It it has a... (coughs) Yeah. But they're not... There, There it is. And watch as they drink those martinis. Random listener who's not listening anymore. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because
0: like they're there, but it's like he doesn't. We don't see him drink it or order it. Like I mean, he could have just like that could have been ordered by Osama bin Laden and Gogol. Like, and he's just <laughs> broken into a room and got rapey.
1: Exactly. And look at this. You've got this girl. You're lying down in bed, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, hold for a minute. I need to have a sip of my martini." Because <laughs> he's Sean Connery. That's it. No, we're taking it off. Noel was wrong. least is wrong. No, at least this wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, now I'm chance. gonna
1: argue that our opening credits uh need the, the other pretender song and not this one. This one is painfully bad.
0: If there was a man.
1: <laughs> I- is this worse than the experience of love from Goldeneye? <laughs> um Yes. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Oh, look at this. The snow stunts. They have four snow stunt people.
0: Still not the uh, the worst ever Bond credits. The fact that in Moonraker they say filmed in blah, 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 and space! And Explanation. Space. Mark.
1: No, Moonraker. <laughs> no. <laughs> look at this. They have Secretary to Mr. Broccoli, Secretary to Mr. Wilson, Secretary to Mr. Juro. Who's Mr. Juro? Oh, didn't you see him? He was the one that did stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Was he the Foley artist for Living Dealings? <laughs> Horst Becker. Hey, there's a guy named... At, camera Grips. Chunky Hughes. <laughs> Chunky Can we find Hughes. a Chunky Hughes on Twitter? Chunky Hughes. Let's,
0: what's he going on to do? <laughs> Chunky. Oh, we're talking bound to be Chunky Chicken, apparently, when you Google it. W.C. <laughs> Chunky Hughes on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's Chunky Hughes memorabilia auction round one on YouTube. Uh, (laughs) best known for his work on batman begins star wars episode 6 return of the jedi and heat (laughs) not even the living daylights well he's also apparently total recall he was he's the key grip for like a lot of films he
1: was the key grip on Uh oh batman begins oh yeah well here's some i'm looking at i guess WC Chunky Hughes, who was the dolly grip on Return of the Jedi, will return in that capacity in Star Wars Episode 8. They're actually bringing the guy back. Oh. From Return of the Jedi to now. Wow.
0: There's, there's an interview for us to get. Chunky Hughes. Why can't we find Chunky Hughes on Twitter? How would that go down? We have got a big guest for you a man who grips things. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not James Bond, it's Chunky Hughes. Uh, well, that's the living daylights. Um, you know, I think yeah. we did kind of okay when it came to talking about sixty percent of that. Um, it's more than enough, I think. We I don't know if John Reese
1: Davies is on Twitter either, so we no. may have to. Uh, well, there's two things you can tell him. I'll pay you thirty bucks to
0: go on Twitter and to say the following yeah. script. <laughs> <laughs> I love 007 <laughs> Why is he a robot? <laughs> Because he is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love 007. Uh, I guess, do you have anything else to add on The Living
1: Daylights before we randomly p- pick another movie? Um, I, It's it's not the worst movie. I find that it's more enjoyable if you can watch it with somebody. I, I I think it's funny that we disagreed so much on this, but you mentioned in your rankings, You know, I had it at 19th, you had it at 14th. There's only five positions separating us. Yeah. That's probably about the same separating you and Noah, so, I mean, if I'm the one who's a bit critical on this, Noah's the one who, for whatever reason, is in love with this movie, you're kind of the middleman, so, it's easier to watch, I think if we had to do License to Kill, I probably would kill you by the end of it. Well, let's be
0: honest, you have that at the bottom, I have License to Kill at 12, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say License to Kill's a better movie than The Living Daylights. so... um yeah alright uh, I don't really have anything to add I love this movie it's great Timothy Dalton's awesome old buddy uh, <laughs> that's where I go <laughs> shall we randomly draw a number now so if we if, okay so if yes. this is license secure we want number 16 apparently um, so once again we've gone to andrew.hedges.name forward slash experiments forward slash random I'm about to press the button now I'm so scared because if this comes up as number 20 <laughs> Colin's gone oh no alright I'm pressing the button More. <laughs> No, 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 what is it? You're not going to believe me if I tell you. <laughs> it's not. It's no. <laughs> seriously number 20. I'm not even kidding.
1: Oh. <laughs> that means we will have covered 1920 and 21 in only four commentaries. Do we want to
0: do it again then, or do we want to go with Yeah, let's,
1: we'll edit this later just so we have some variety.
0: <laughs> Alright. No, I'm not even going to edit it. I'm going to leave it in because it's funny. One, I will
1: say though, if, if the next one isn't like Something really good, then maybe we will go and die another day just for the humor of all it. Right, but I'm, let's just, see what I'm
0: leaving this all in because I just think it's funny because people probably. I, I, seriously, I swear on the history of this podcast that it was number 20. <laughs> all right, let's do it again. Uh, 17. says so Golden. All right, well, variety. We're still doing a Brosnan. Um, do we want to go again? <laughs> let's go again. Let's try to find something in the moors here. All right, get round. Number
1: five. Uh, you only live twice. Do we want. <laughs> uh... <laughs> We can go with that. All right, let's ra- okay. Let's take those four that we just randomly drew, or whatever, and let's randomly draw one of those. Okay, so so
0: we've got to now choose a number between one and three. So okay, number one it will be you only live twice. Number two will be Gold knight, and number three will be die another day. Pressing the button now. Okay.
1: I'm doing everything in my power ah, to not. We got do- number three. It's die another day. You sure? <laughs> you, want to do it? you can get it over I tried and done to- with. <laughs> I tried to cheat, and this is what happened.
0: Right, we're doing it. We're getting it over and done with. Die another All day. Right. We'll be die another day oh. Is.
1: oh, Wow, this is great. This is why <laughs> Noah's not on this podcast anymore, people.
0: We seriously need to hold off until Noah comes back, because Noah needs to be with us for die another <laughs> day. You don't want to have I guess... 50% positive, 50% negative. You want to have 66 negative, 33% positive. <laughs>
1: For all those people who um, listened to all those three people who listened to all of our Dime of the Day episode. One of the greatest moments ever was where Noah legitimately started falling asleep in the middle of the podcast and he came to and started talking about the wrong scene about ten minutes later in the movie. And he's just legitimately at the end like, I really don't give a shit, can we finish this episode? (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting so so defensive. they i on the plane, it's like, Wait a second, we're still in Cuba, Noah. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> so he's putting diamonds in a belly button.
1: We just saw Halle Berry come out of the water. What are you talking about? Okay, I'll say this in preparation. Originally, I was like, there's no way we could do Die Another Day. Come on, we did World's Not Enough. We did Casino Royale. We're doing Die Another Day and now all times. But there is something about that movie that I think is hilarious. And even though you love that movie, and I think that movie is ridiculous, We're going to be laughing at the same parts. We're just going to be laughing for different reasons. Maybe I'll
0: save that. as as, Maybe we won't record again until if I do come to Winnipeg. That's the one we do in person. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So You can literally, like, hit Uh, me every time. No, Ben, shut up. (laughs) I'll be spitting in Ben's face by the end of the commentary. (laughs) We'll come to blows. Jamie walks in sneezing. Then we do need to record it before. Yeah, before you travel overseas. Because, yeah, um... it will get physical, otherwise.
0: <laughs> I, I definitely feel that we will be recording this in only a couple of days' time. You'll get two commentaries in a row to get "Die Another Day" out of the wo- out of the way. So, uh, yes. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> our next commentary will be "Die Another Day." Uh, thank you for tuning into it. We another...
1: apologise. We don't. We're going to love work. it. <laughs> You know, I don't know if we even referenced... This may have been the first time ever that there was no reference to Die Another Day in an episode. No, I brought it up. Until we started joking about having many you the day next. No, I, I brought it up before, remember? We talked about oh, it. Oh, yeah, I, I brought it up too. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize already.
0: <laughs> wow. But just again, we don't have to hear the song.
1: Or do we? We'll, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, we'll be talking over the song. Ben will be singing along with it. <laughs> That's the commentary. Ben does karaoke to Madonna. I'm gonna wake up. Uh,
0: I'm just practicing.
1: I, I'm gonna say this. I, I am very excited to talk about some of my favorite characters, though. There are things that ruin that movie, but being able to talk about Miranda Frost and Zhao, I think that'll be great.
0: And it's Brosnan's last one.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Brosnan's always great.
0: Brosnan is the best. <laughs> As always, uh, 007.wordpress.com, iTunes, were there, Facebook, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. All five of you already do all that anyway, so it's fine. Um, thank you for tuning in to our Living Daylights commentary, which, again, 60% of the commentary was talking about the film, the rest was talking about other things. Uh, but yes, we'll be back for Die another day. Until then, my name is Ben and... Yeah, the living
1: daylights. Yeah, whatever. Shut up. And I am Colin Chunky Hilding. <laughs> and until 2037, Leafs for the Cup. And I am now going off to play with some jugs. Good night. If only I could find a real man.
0: Bond, James Bond. Smert spionem, nieb Death to
1: spies. We have to nip Schmeersfeernum in the bud.
0: You missed, deliberately. I'm reporting to M that you deliberately missed. Your orders were to kill that sniper. Stuff my orders. Gilded no on one end of a rifle from the other.
1: Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. You're looking for a party? We can have a party some other time. Relax, Yogi. Our engineers have spent months perfecting this. How many times have you done this before? You're the first. James, I will never forget what you did for me.
0: As she was must have scared the living daylights out of her
1: my cello don't worry i'll get you another indiana i must
0: get my cello no
1: way why didn't you learn the violin
0: i didn't know you were such a music lover james anytime you want to drop by and listen to my barry Manolo. saying, duty has no sweethearts. We have an old saying too, Yogi, your and you're full of it. Superb, Mr. Bond! Superb!
1: All right, you've had your rate. Now I have my 80. It's the first time I've ever been grateful. James Bond is a good shot. He's scared that he What's
0: that That's supposed to mean
1: and the horse. you calling me a horse's ass. I know a great restaurant in Karachi. They can just make dinner.
0: Good news. You won't be hung in the morning. You will be shot. <laughs> didn't tell you to get down. I did not tell you to get up. Now, get out. <laughs>
1: I didn't think I'd miss this performance. We've nothing to declare! That's the cello. 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 cello! Sunnyside is a place of ruin and despair, ruled by an evil bear who smells of strawberry.